From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour and a very happy New Year's Eve Eve. You know, I I can't say I've been so busy this morning because I'm preparing for this. We've already written three items for WPGTalkRadio.com and the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. And I'm show prepping for noon to three to guest host today, Fox Across America. So I haven't really had an opportunity to really reflect on the fact that this is our final broadcast. I shouldn't pause because... Somebody will slice and dice that uh, and and end our career with that audio. But our final broadcast of 2022, I, I almost can't process that. What a year just from a program-centric Hurley in the morning standpoint, I think we've had a really good year. I'm not going to play the small mayor game and say uh, we may we we achieved 90 percent of everything that we wanted to do. Uh, but we've had a really good year. We, if you think about it. Well, we we again have achieved what I always want to uh, to notch each year. And that is that we break more news than any other news source in the New Jersey metro market. I don't know who second place is. They're not close. I can't see them. You know, when you were a runner and you were leading, you never look back. Looking back tells the competition that maybe you have a stitch. Maybe you um, you're you're not feeling good uh, and it inspires people to to try to catch you. So in running, you never look back when with what we do here. I follow the same philosophy I did as in my running days. I don't look back. You just keep going forward. And together, we have had, I believe, a very special year. I'm ready for 2023. I hope that you are. Uh, Many challenges definitely lie ahead. Uh, I think it's unfortunately going to be a tough year for many people. This is just an awful government that we have right now. I mean, think about this. One of the things on my mind about five minutes before airtime this morning is that today is the last day on the job for Dr. Anthony Fauci. He is the highest paid federal government employee in American history. I don't know why no one ever says that except me. I've never heard that reported anywhere. This man, last I checked, makes $480,654 a year. That's during some part of 2022. I don't know if he got another raise and it's even higher now or if that is after getting his raise. But this guy gets big raises. I mean, in 2019, he made four hundred and thirty four thousand dollars. Twenty twenty two, he's at four hundred and eighty thousand. You wish that your salary was going up by tens of thousands of dollars every single year. 
the president of the United States, and that's only after it was increased several years ago. The president's salary was ridiculous for forever. It's still terrible. The president of the United States annual salary is four hundred thousand dollars per year. Just writing myself a note because it's something I want to tell you about. And I've said it before. This is the most corrupt executive branch in American history. I've been saying it for the two years. You hear Newt Gingrich say it all the time. And there's something I want to tell you a little bit later in the program. I'm just writing myself down a quick note. You know, that's hard to uh, to achieve. Somebody tell me where I'm wrong on that. I'll be happy to correct it. They have weaponized institutions. They lie with regularity. My goodness. Even when he said that the, the poor member of Congress who passed away in a tragic car crash and Biden was at an event calling her out th- three times to be to be recognized. And the, the press secretary said nothing. There's nothing unusual about that. Nothing unusual about that. Somebody died and you're calling them to, to introduce themselves three times. Remember Joe, uh, you guys in a wheelchair. Hey, Joe, come on, stand up, Joe. Be recognized. Oh, what am I saying? Guys in a wheelchair. Biden's telling him to stand up. People are dead. He's telling him, where are you? This is just unbelievable at, at so many levels. What a year. I'm not going to spend this hour reminiscing uh, the year in review. It would be an interesting monologue, though, because look at look at look at this year and look at the one before it. And 2023 is going to be worse than 2021 and 2022. Here's the bad news. We will recover because we're Americans. And despite bad government, we we can't be held down permanently. The American people always figure things out. Whether we have good government at the time or bad government at the time, and we have the worst federal government we've ever had. It is, it is a level of they're dangerous, incompetent, horrific priorities. It's just terrible at so many levels. But what's going to happen is going into 2024, we'll be out of the recession. Biden's going to have the Democrat media, uh, I guess, giving him credit. The economy will be better. Uh, so unfortunately, don't expect Look, if you're going to if we're going to be given pain for years and years and years, I'd rather have it in 2024 than have it in 2021, 2022 and 2023. Because 2024, my friends, is for all the marbles. If you want to know how I am focused about what lies ahead. For me, and, and I, I, don't, I think I do this unconsciously, I always break everything down like it's a race. If I was running the mile, 
I had four laps and I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted my opening and we, we did yards back then. I'm not that old, but it was yards and not meters. Uh, meters came right after I graduated and I knew the first 440, I wanted to do a certain split. And then I knew by the half mile where I wanted to be and so on and so forth. And I had a philosophy. I'd never left anything for a finishing kick because adrenaline, you just, you're going to have that. So I left it out on the track coming off the last turn. I was gassed, but I always had the adrenaline to be able to, to get to the finish line and, and had a good kick. That was pretty known for a strong finish. So if you were close with me, the chances were you were going to lose. So what I look at right now is two years. I'm not going to call it a two-year sprint because that would be exhausting and unrealistic. But it is a two-year road race because in 2024 – not only are all 435 house seats up, 35 Senate seats are up, and it's a shame, but it's just the way that the math goes. You just you don't get to you don't get to choose. If we would have had the 35 seats up this year that we're going to have up in two years, Republicans would probably have about a five seat majority right now. It's just unfortunate. Uh, that Republicans had to hold many more seats and they held them all except one, which isn't terrible, but obviously it's not optimal because it gave Democrats working control. So what I'm going to be focused on, of course, the local, the county, the state, not you know, always mindful of our localness because that's obviously very important, but my eyes are like laser beam focused on we retain the House and expand our margins, win back the Senate. Because Democrats, if I didn't say it, I know I've said it to you a 100 times in the past few months. Out of the 35 seats, Democrats have to defend two thirds of them. That's a big ask. It's really hard to do. And I think it's going to be a bad environment, even if you say gas prices aren't $5 and the recession is over. I don't think anybody's going to be feeling fantastic about the four years of Joe Biden at that point. And what we have to do, and I don't want to say we have two years to do it because we don't want to lose out even in this upcoming year because we're going to have this is a very big year. We're going to be writing about it. We're going to be talking about it. 2023 is huge before we even get to 2024. And I'll explain when we come back in just a few minutes. It's 17 minutes past the hour. Here's the scorecard. It's going to be a lot of fun today. I'm going to finish out strong with what I want to share with you this hour. Uh, hopefully you will do what you always do. And that's light up the phone lines for the entire seven o'clock hour new jersey senator michael testa his last appearance 
on the Hurley in the Morning program for 2022. And Don Hurley in the 9 o'clock hour and a segment we've been trying to do for over two or three weeks now. Great holiday music over the years and great Christmas shows that have taken place in Atlantic City over many years. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and who knows, whatever else, you know, we, we talk about. A reminder, uh, and I'm, I, have to t- I have to say, I'm looking forward to guest hosting today, Fox Across America. The show is very special to me. We actually launched the first two weeks of the existence of this show for Fox News. It was a really high honor when the um, senior vice president of programming and program director and everyone there at Fox News asked me if I would launch this show for them for the first two weeks. And then we had rotating hosts, which I was one of them. Uh, I don't remember for how long. I I guess it was over six months or more. Uh, And then uh, very deserved. The program became Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And he's done a great job building the show. Uh, So I'm honored to be hosting, guest hosting, the last show of the year for Jimmy. And then I'm going to tell you what. I am going to do some writing tonight and tomorrow. And then I'm shutting down uh, for Sunday and Monday. And we're going to come back strong on Tuesday. And that begins, and I'll, I'll explain when we come back, a journey that we must take together. And I'm going to suggest the manner in which we should do it to be most effective and to achieve optimal result. We'll be back in just a few minutes. It's the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, which you have made number one in news talk for South Jersey, all because of you. Fox News commentary. The year is almost over, which means we only have 752 days left of Joe Biden. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. America's kids are at risk. Parents can't control their education. And states are taking over health decisions, even letting children decide their gender. Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax all this holiday week, and he's warning about the dangers to our kids with the woke agenda. Tune in tonight for Rob Schmidt and his series, Kids at Risk. You'll be shocked. This holiday week, check out Newsmax and Rob Schmidt. Make the switch to Newsmax. You won't look back. Out 2022, I'd like to share my picks for the best of the worst. Before I announce the top three, let me recognize some honorable mentions. Woke Disney, TikTok challenges, and the people who ate the things in the TikTok challenges. Kanye West, Balenciaga, masks, and the healthy young people still wearing them. Old Twitter, the state of Pennsylvania, which elected not only a vegetable, but an actual dead person. And last but not least, the ladies of the view. On to my picks for the top three losers of 2022. Number three, college campuses, because I've personally experienced how rabid these college leftists can be, and sadly, their university administrators don't seem to care. Number two is White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, who, despite her best efforts to lie and deflect, did a horrible job answering basic questions and pronouncing basic things such as Nobel Prize. Number one is, of course, President Joe Biden, who has not only led our country into the toilet, but has taken numerous undeserved vacations to celebrate his horrid leadership. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Lahren is Fearless, at Outkick. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks. Welcome back. It's 23 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. When we open up the phone lines in about 40 minutes, 609-407-1450. Hope you'll check in. Uh, it's going to be jam-packed. I know that Testa will be great. 
in the uh, what I'll call the third quarter. Don P. Hurley always brings it in today's fourth quarter. I'm going to then wolf down, uh, I guess you would call it maybe brunch, and then from 11 o'clock on until 3 o'clock, uh, we'll be with the team at Fox Across America. If you want to catch us, uh, you can go to Fox Across America, to the um, Jimmy Fallon website, uh, foxnewsradio.com, I believe, has the media player uh, there. You could just easily search it. And you'll find us. We're on noon to three. Chris Coleman will pick two hours of today's program, and then that will replay tonight between 10 p.m. to 12 midnight. So if you miss any of it, not only is it available on the podcast, but also you'll get two-thirds of it uh, tonight. This George Santos, um, we've been covering him quite a bit here and on Fox News Radio this week because there's something to, um, to be said about this. Not just his circumstances, but obviously the double standard about all of it is is just it's just dripping with with ridiculousness and uh, hypocrisy. But now they're coming after what they say is another fabrication. They're saying that Santos used an alias when he set up a GoFundMe page that supposedly was for a pet charity of some kind. The page was named Anthony Zabrowski. That's Z-A-B-R-O-V-S-K-Y. But don't take any of your precious time to look it up. The page no longer exists. Uh, Not only do reports say that, but I checked just to make sure. It does not exist. So they're saying this is some kind of alias name. I don't know if it has something to do with his family of long ago or I don't know what it is. He told Fox News, we don't carry the Ukrainian last name, quote, for a lot of people who are descendants of World War II refugees or survivors of the Holocaust. A lot of names and paperwork were changed in the name of survival. So I don't carry the family last name that would have been Zabrowski. I carry my mother's maiden name, which is on the Dutch side of the family. This guy, the more that I've been learning about him, I I will not say and I cannot say he's fascinating because he's not. But I've never quite seen someone like this. There, There just appears to be so many things that he says that aren't true. And they're all Things that, that, that aren't necessary. I mean, if something was do or die and you, you had to tell a white lie or misrepresent something for I don't even know how to say it for what some higher purpose, better purpose, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm open to that. I, I know people stretch things. But this guy, I think he's charting new territory. He just seems to take the cake. It it may be piling up so much that he's just not going to be able to make it. But I'm still pulling for Kevin McCarthy. Uh, I think he's earned it. And I really don't want to see the Republicans make a mess of themselves. Do you know there's um, scenarios where this could go on for days? Read your history. Uh, also, too, uh, there are committees and things 
even people getting paid at some point, if they don't resolve this by January 13th, now that would be catastrophic. If we're 10 days past January 3rd, then we have a we have a Republican catastrophe on our hands because they will be the media will destroy them. That's just the way it is. Democrats could get away and the media would say, hey, this is democracy. You know, it's a good fight. No, Republicans, it's that they're dysfunctional. They can't even pick their leader. It's a whole different ballgame. You just have to understand, I, I have lived with it for 31 years in this business. I'm treated very differently. A mistake that I make is almost the end of the world. These other people make mistakes by the minute, and it doesn't matter because they don't matter. They're irrelevant. But you have to understand that if you're not a hard leftist right now, you've got a much harder way to go. You've got to earn it. And even then, you're not going to get the recognition. They know. They know who's the the real deal. But they're not going to acknowledge it. In fact, they go the exact opposite way. You know, I'll give you a case in point. Do you remember and Chris Matthews with the tingle up his leg and all that and uh, gushing over um, Michael Avenatti? And I, I forget that guy, Steltzer, whatever his name is, uh, and the rest of them. The View. I mean, they were fawning over Michael Avenatti. You, you are a serious presidential candidate. You're the leading contender right now. I mean, they, you're setting policy. They, they couldn't love this guy, Chris Matthews. And I know you're not doing this for the money. I mean, they embarrass themselves. And I don't know. I, I know he was sentenced and I guess unless he's out on appeal or something, I don't follow him, but. He's in jail right now, or if he's not, he will be. He's been sentenced for what he did. They they fawn, and you know what they do? Then they just drop it like they never said it. They never come back and say, ooh, we really got that one wrong. You know, self-reflection is a very good exercise that we should all do. I, I do painful self-reflection. I look at something and say, did I do, did I do okay? Did I do good? You know, did I do great? Did I, you know, did, how did I do? I'm always looking at that kind of stuff and seeing how you can do better, how you can improve. Not these, not these creeps. It's like a grease board to them. We said Avenatti was great. No problem. We never said it. No, you never said it. No, we never said that. It's like Joe Biden. If gas prices are up, he has no control whatsoever. Shut up. It's not me. It's Putin. It's it's OPEC. Uh, prices go down. My policies are working. I haven't figured out why. But gasoline did go up 15 cents a gallon yesterday, and I couldn't tell you why. I know why the price has come down to some extent, and it's because of uh, China, COVID-19, less consumption, and prices have come down a bit. But they've gone back up. 
I actually saw for the first time the super premium blend that I use was under $4 a gallon. And I think I actually hit it because I I filled a few days ago. Now it's back over 406 or something like that. Just like in one day. From 325 regular unleaded to 339. Just went up. As far as Gump would say, for no particular reason. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour with, um, I'll say, three stories that you can follow. The Atlantic City Board of Education said no. However, the state of New Jersey said yes. Read my coverage on what the state of New Jersey authorized. It's wild. And we have two fun pieces. The best milkshakes in Atlanta County with photos and the best milkshakes in Cape May County with photos and a whole lot more. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Hands down, a beautiful day on deck for today. Even this morning, it's comfortably cool and crisp outside. Temperatures 30s and 40s will reach about 58 this afternoon. Mostly sunny skies with late-day clouds. We are staying dry. Clouds will continue to roll in tonight with fog likely, low of 47. Foggy, cloudy, drizzly tomorrow, high 56. Steadier rain tomorrow night. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Some people got COVID and thought... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Hey, thank you, great one. Always Hurley riser. Seth Grossman wrote me in Animal Farm, which I did read uh, at Atlantic City High School. I know Seth did, too. That was a book that was in the um, – I wonder how many of the books we read, Catcher in the Rye, Animal Farm, all these different books. Um, I wonder how many of them have been removed and and no longer uh, a part of the curriculum because you know we have covered this for the past 31 years that – this was their you got to give them credit. I mean, they, they can go from weather underground to educators. I mean, blowing up buildings and uh, what's his face? Uh, um, Bill Ayers, uh, guilty as hell, free as a bird. I mean, and then right in, bam, right into academia. Uh, and you got to give them credit. It's very important. I'm serious about this. You have to give credit where credit's due, even when they're twisted. Because look what they've done. They're they're full-blown grooming third graders to talk about penises, vaginas, clitorises, and so on. I had someone say to me one day, stop saying that. I said, hell no. Hell no, I'm not going to stop saying it. They're not going to stop doing it. What are we going to do? Just shut up and let them radicalize and groom children with this crap that's totally not age appropriate? 
Seth writes me in Animal Farm, George Orwell described how in communist regimes, news and facts simply disappear when they become inconvenient, no longer promote the narrative. And, and that's, of course, where we are. Like the truth was the Biden family is extremely dishonest. And here's your laptop to prove this um, this absolute criminal syndicate. I mean, you can say it. It's there. That laptop is filled with criminal activity. I was driving home last night and I heard Greg Jarrett because we we had a really good um, interview with Griff Jenkins. So we replayed it. So I actually got to catch about 15 minutes of Sean Hannity on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 that I normally wouldn't have been able to because I would have been going right until six o'clock last night. But I got out a little bit early because the Griff Jenkins interview was so good. We replayed a good portion of it. So anyhow. I'm listening to Greg Jarrett. He's going through this list. I can't even he's brilliant. I can't even remember it. But he just rolled off the top of his head like 20 different crimes. He's a lawyer, 20 different crimes or more. And he said there's many more. You know, the violations, you know, all that stuff they go again, uh, go after Manafort for not being registered. And then 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 Trump pardons him. So then they charge him at the state level. And these people never stop. That's why when Hunter Biden gets pardoned by Joe Biden, he needs to be charged at the state level. I don't want anybody going after anybody that hasn't committed a crime. We can't be like them. They pick people. I mean, like Joe Biden, uh, Mr. President, do you think Elon Musk has committed any crimes? Well, I, I don't know of any, but I think he should be investigated. The media asking the president if someone that you have no reason to to suspect that he is engaged in any criminal activity whatsoever. In fact, the government had worked so closely with Elon Musk, with the space program and other things, Tesla and so on. They couldn't have loved him more until he decided that he just wanted to level the playing field. I remind you, he's not a Republican. He's not a conservative He just saw how unfair, how one-sided the the, the Twitter platform was, and he just wanted to make it fair. And now look, I mean, I I actually wrote this down uh, in my notes. Give me a second. This is important. Because all the billionaires have lost a lot of money since Joe Biden's become president. And just this year. I'll start at the um, the best performer. Warren Buffett has lost one point two three billion dollars this year. And, and when you hear the numbers I'm going to share that make that look small, uh, it stands to reason because Buffett is extremely conservative. Bill Gates lost twenty eight point six billion. Mark Zuckerberg lost seventy nine point nine billion. They'll all keep voting Democrat, though. Look how much money he made when Trump was president. Look how much money he loses when Joe Biden's president. But cognitive dissonance is alive and well. Just go watch the 1960s Crazy Cats and Ignatz cartoon. When Ignatz winds up doing windmills, he's doing 360 windmills and throws a brick right in the face of Crazy Cats. Now, when she wakes up, is she filing a restraining order? Is she out of her mind, you know, with her double vision 
and and uh, headaches for life that she has. No, no. She has hearts swimming around her head. You know, this grooming, this indoctrination started a long time ago. Think about this. Why would crazy cats love Ignatz? He throws bricks in her face. And she can't love him anymore. Zuckerberg has lost nearly $80 billion this year. And he will vote for Joe Biden in 2024 if Joe Biden's running again. You have to admit, and we said it a long time ago, and a lot of people disagreed with me. Politics is everywhere. It's in everything. In Little League, in Junior Football League, in, in everything. In schools. Who gets picked for cheerleading? Who doesn't? Anything where it's subjective. Politics reigns supreme. You know it. You see in communities, if you have a certain name, you're in. If you don't, you could be better. Doesn't matter. Bezos has lost $85.2 billion. Elon Musk leads the hit parade. He has lost $130 two billion dollars and he's paid 40 billion for twitter uh rough year and look he you think about this look what this guy look at the hellstorm he has brought on himself how the government is coming after him uh, mr president do you think elon musk should be investigated well i don't know if he's done anything wrong but yes i think he should be investigated now if that's not straight out of the playbook of show me the man and I'll find you the crime. That's where we're at now. Newt Gingrich is right. This is the most corrupt executive branch in history. Everything that they can possibly weaponize, they do. What a dangerous time we live in. And look how many people they've ruined. They're, they're, they want to come after General Flynn again. I mean, it just never ends. I said a long time ago, and I know a lot of people disagreed with me, and this is before any of this even started. I said Trump is going to be under investigation for the rest of his life. Oh, people are like, how can you say that? Go look at this. I mean, have you ever heard of a person living, breathing, that and a candidate – for New York Attorney General, the hallmark of her campaign is that I'm going to prosecute Donald Trump and everyone in the Trump orbit. How do you say that? How's that not a crime? How do you say something like that? And they do. You know, it used to be the only difference now is they don't hide it anymore. They let you know. Chuck Schumer with his that we can get you seven ways to Sunday. He said that about the FBI. The the only difference, they always did it. They always went after their political enemies. Only you were left out there hanging to dry because you know you got politically done, but everybody would be clueless. Nobody would report it. And it's like it didn't happen. Now they they. They don't even hide it. This I'm I'm convinced. Probably. 
I, I don't even know. I want to say the Civil War maybe, but I don't think so. I think this is the most dangerous time, certainly the most corrupt executive branch in the entire history of the country. It's a hard thing to say because we, you know, we don't know exactly what happened for all 250 years. But what's documented, what we believe we know to be true, there's never been anything like this. It's true. I mean, Lincoln jailed people and, you know, in this during the Civil War and there were incredible emergency powers that were seized and, and things happened. But this is unbelievable what's going on. And then you have the president's son. It's it's like pick the crime. Three years. What's this Delaware U.S. attorney doing? What, what, how's this going on for three years? And what are, what are we going to have to show for it when it's over? He even borrowed off of some connected person that is somehow, I forget the exact involvement, that's also still involved with the Bidens, uh, gets a million dollars or something to pay back taxes that he didn't pay the first time. Well, what about the taxes on that money? What are you going to do about that? And nobody cares, or few, you care. This is how they get away with this. And then, of course, the legacy media, they've got, it, they've got, they've got the game now. They've got their game plan. They just don't cover any of this. They don't cover the Twitter files that have been released. They just don't cover it. They pretend it's not real. And you would be surprised because you're so well informed that you might think that many people are just like you. No, they're not. Do you know there are? I don't know what the percentage is, but it's high. There are people that don't even know about the Hunter Biden laptop, that it even exists, let alone what's in it. I know you find that absolutely mind-blowing because you've known about it for years. Most people pay very little attention to what's going on around them. Their worlds are small. They're not intellectually curious. They just don't care. And if you told them, it doesn't break through. Ah, I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't, I don't know what that is. That's politics. No, no, this guy's got a laptop and he's having sex on it. He's doing crack. He's committing crimes. I mean, the big guy gets 10%. They got all these businesses, all this money. No, no, it's not, it's not politics. It's a crime wave. But you know my expression. You cannot make someone care about that which they don't want to care about. And I learned a long time ago, so I stopped trying. You can't convince. The more you push, the more they resist. At that point, you can't say anything. It's not to say there there are open-minded people who say, wow, I didn't know that. I want to learn more about that. But I'm telling you, I learned the hard way. You cannot make people care about what they don't want to care about. You care about it. I care about it. They don't care about it. 
one thing that was encouraging, polling suggested, and there were several done, should have been more, but anywhere from 10 to 20 percent, depending on the sampling, said if they knew about all of this Biden family stuff, and I'm telling you something very important into 2023, don't refer to any Hunter Biden scandal. This is a Joe Biden scandal. That's what they want. They want to make it that the president's son is being attacked because his father is the president. And when Biden pardons his son, I promise you he's going to say my son was attacked because of me. Biden's very good at certain lies. He's very bad about just day to day stuff. But he's very good at playing victim. Scranton Joe, Jersey Joe, Amtrak Joe. Meanwhile, he's staying in multi-bajillion dollar mansions and opulent lifestyle, multiple owned properties. Uh, Somebody ought to say, hey, hey, Joe, how'd you do this? How do you have all this? You had nothing. You had a. $40,000 $40,000 Senate salary when you started. How did you How did you have this estate that you had when your salary was $40,000? Isn't it funny how nobody seems to care about that kind of stuff? You wouldn't be able to do it. If all of a sudden you made $40,000 years ago as a teacher and you're in some multi, multi-million dollar villa, You'd be like, hey, where'd that come from? How do you pay for that? Not this guy. No problem. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. 53 minutes past the hour. So I'm going to make a prediction. It's not going to happen until 2023. I'm going to predict that George Santos gets seated because he is 25 years of age. He's older than that. And he has a certification so that I don't think they can stop him from being sworn in. He will be sworn in. He, only Santos can stop Santos, not the New York Times, not any of the other uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Nobody, nobody can stop George Santos ex- right now except George Santos. Kevin McCarthy needs his vote. They're all going to just hold their nose, swear this guy in. He'll vote McCarthy. And then get ready because it is going to rain hell on George Santos. The Democrat media has decided. If you miss it, I urge you to go to the podcast of um, Fox News Radio's nationally syndicated The Guy Benson Show. I interviewed Congressman Van Drew two days ago. Trying to think what time was it? Well, it'll be it'll be on there. They'll have it. You'll be able to see the interview. Uh Listen to the interview. We have an entire conversation. He and I, we don't support Santos and the lies or any of that. But we get into why it's important that he is seated, the importance of his vote, because what the Democrat media is going to do. They're coming after every single Republican. They are going to do a forensic 
audit. I'm promising you this. And let's face it, out of a couple hundred people, they're going to catch a few. Things that just wouldn't come up if nobody bothered to look, they're going to go after all of them. Because if they can knock out Santos, they really only have to knock out four more. Remember, when Democrats win, the rules are shut up, go away, we won. Remember Obama? I won. But when we win, we don't really win. It's, it's, it's a sad thing, isn't it? So come the new year, Santos, he has a state invest, or I should say a county. It's um, Nassau County District Attorney. She's coming after him. Now, I don't uh, look. If you loan three quarters of a million dollars to your campaign and they can prove that that money is ill-gotten gains, then you got something. That's legit. They got you. But investigating him because he lied, whether he's Jewish or Catholic, or said he had a college degree that he doesn't have, or said that he worked worked for Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, come on. That, that, that This is what I'm talking about, the weaponization of our various institutions. You don't have, open up criminal investigations for that. And we've got to get out of the business of picking a person and then trying to go in search of a crime. It's got to stop. This is this is so dangerous. I mean, we we are not we're not a free country. If this is the way it's going to be. We got to find a way. I don't know how. Because when the one side does it, then the other side is going to do it. And it's just going to escalate and get worse. I don't know. I know. I see the problem here. I don't know the answer. I mean, the answer is electing better people. But it's really getting hard because would you run for anything right now? It used to be and I did it. Seth has done it. Some of you listening have done it. Denny Levinson has said to me a thousand times in the past 30 plus years that I wouldn't, if I was just starting out now, I wouldn't run. Remember what they, I mean, I don't want to start bringing up bad memories. He he flew one time and there just happened to be an employee flying too. And the Democrats, uh, they try to ruin your life. They, they try to make it look like he's cheating on his wife. And I mean, he wasn't. They're terrible. It used to be that the candidate was fair game. You knew it was a full contact sport. It, it'd be rough. But after it was over, you, you actually got along. I ran against Ted Bergman at least twice, I think, and Scott Becker. And both appointed me to the Board of Education after I ran against them and lost. Today, if you run, oh, my God, and you lose, you're dead. You're not going to get picked for anything. It didn't used to be like this, I'm telling you. Uh, Foley and a Republican, I think, drove to Trenton together. Gaffney and a Democrat, might have been Foley, drove to Trenton together. You think that happened in the last 15 or so years? Hell no. So Santos is going to get seated. 
He'll vote for McCarthy. I'm hoping McCarthy goes and wins it on the first ballot. I don't want the Democrat media to be able to write their headlines. First time in 100 years, you know, and and going after Republicans like this. Just stupid. Uh, And then get ready. This guy, he can't make it. When they when they target you the way they've targeted him, I am telling you, he can't make it. And they're never going to stop. They're just going to keep coming at him with more stuff. Then they can actually make stuff that isn't so bad look really bad. And they just, it's the death of a thousand cuts. Santos is going to be a congressman, but it's not going to last a year. Phone lines are open right now. How about you check in? WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. 609. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. We're going to open up the phone lines in just a moment. It is my distinct honor and privilege to mention that this portion of Hurley in the Morning is brought to us in part by Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals. I'm telling you, I'm so excited. I've teased this only a couple of times. I recorded a new commercial and I do live reads and I also um, appear in different day parts during the day on recorded commercials, um, promoting, representing, if you will, Ambient Comfort. I recorded a new commercial about a week or two ago that begins basically tomorrow, uh, or I should say probably January 1st. And then, of course, I'll, I'll share the live mentions here on January 3rd when we come back on Tuesday. It is such a phenomenal program. I'm not overstating. I'm telling you, I can't wait to tell you. I can't tell you yet, but I can't wait to tell you what Ambient Comfort is offering starting with basically the first day of the new year. If you're dealing with something right now, though, and it could even happen this weekend, I mean, I don't know about you, I have the worst timing. If I get a toothache, it's on Christmas Eve, three years in a row, and Dr. Chemin will back me up. I was in the dentist chair on Christmas Eve. It was inexplicable. I think this is a number of years ago, um, but three years in a row, Christmas Eve, the one and only time our system, because it is a, it is a great system and it's, it's relatively new, the one and only time our system conked out, July 4th. Not July 4th weekend, July 4th. I tell you all the time, I have beautiful, amazing luck on big things. I've got really bad luck on little things, like the tree that fell and, and broke my fence on uh, New Year's Eve. I, 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 I don't even bore you with... of the rotten luck that I have on small things. It's, It's uncanny. And I can't even tell you how many times I get told when I'm on the phone with someone, well, I never heard that before. I said, I know. You don't know me, though. I mean, it's it's uncanny. I can't explain it. I, I've heard that probably 50 times in my life. And it's not little things. 
somebody will say, I've never heard this before. I said, I know, I know. I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm inoculated. I have booster shots. It's happened to me so much. Anyhow, Ambient is awesome. Uh, they came to our home on July 4th. 609-568-0955. That's 609-568-0955. Or you can do it digitally. AmbientComfortNJ.com. AmbientComfortNJ.com. Their skill technicians are prepared to get you through the winter season, regardless of who originally installed your system. Take an extra second, like my good friend Augie did, and mention that I sent you Hurley in the Morning. Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. Hi there. Uh, good morning, Harry. Uh, Richard from Summers Point. How you been? Good, Richard. I, have, I haven't talked to you since the Clintonistas were in. Wow. In the 90s. Welcome. Last time. Welcome back. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for refining me. I've been listening. Uh, I used to text you, not text you, uh, email. Yeah, yeah. I I, I know you are. I know. I I got you. Okay. And uh, we had some pretty good conversations. Yes. You know, I I can't be the only veteran. And I'll be 73 in a month and a half. I have two grandsons in the service. I talked with them this Christmas. I hope you had a nice Christmas, Harry. I did. I and hope you did. Happy New Year before. Happy yeah. New Year before I forget. It might be another 20 years. Before <laughs> <I fall laughs> so, so I wish you, a, Richard, I wish you a happy uh, New Year's and Merry Christmas and happy birthday for the next 20 years. Go. Oh, th- thank you, Harry. Uh, this, this is really disturbing to me because, frankly, what we have here if I can say this, is a Marxist regime in D.C. It is. As well as what we have here in this state. Yeah, I mean, possibly communist. Marxists, we always feel safe saying that because it seems like it's communist light. Uh, Think about it. It it is truly like a communist regime. They target their political enemies. Uh, They let their friends go. Uh, They profit from their service. They oppress their people. I would, Richard, I would love someone to say, what are we saying that's not true? I, I know it, it, it's all true, and, and that's what's really sickening because we have the media, which is the fifth column, I guess you'd say. And it is communism, and they were my enemy in 68 and still are. They're terrible, yeah, I, yeah. And, and they're all in it together. So they, they just like social media... I interviewed a guy from the New York Post yesterday when I was working nationally, Richard, for Fox News, and he was so good. He brought up something that I never heard anybody say other than us on this program, and that's that after the 2016 election, when President Trump won, that social media made sure that could never happen again. And that's when they shut down conservatives and Republicans and became all woke and Democrat all the way. And now, thanks to uh, Elon Musk, we have all the proof that we need to show that's exactly what happened. 80 FBI agents regularly involved with with uh, Twitter uh, taking down content. Not not that there was ever a problem with the content. They just didn't want that content, such as Hunter Biden's laptop and things like that, to be able to be uh, made known to the American people. So, yeah, it fits into what you're saying. These are the actions of totalitarianism, of, yeah, absolutely, Soviet Union, North Korea, China. There's no doubt. 
this is it's terrible. They're destroying the country, and they they really, I believe. But they're doing it on purpose because they know that they will be left to rule the ashes. They're burning the house down to rule the ashes. Yeah, and they really want us to be the Soviet Union. Most of these people were highly disturbed when the Soviet Union fell. Well, yeah, because they're, hey, look, I mean, we have people like Bernie Sanders. He, he, as you know, he honeymooned in Moscow. I mean, come on. I know. Who does that? I know that. Uh, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> people like I mean, that. we had a CIA director, Brennan, who admitted he was a communist. How do we, how do we have that? How's, how, how does that happen? And I was going to mention, you mentioned it, the 80 FBI agents. And uh, I actually called the Department of Injustice now because, frankly, that's what it is. And I, I, they mentioned the rank and file. It's not the rank and file, rank and But how do we know? How do we know who's involved and what they're teaching at their academy? I well, well we know some of the things they're doing. They want to tell the Marines to not say sir or ma'am. They had these sissy hats that they wanted men to wear, girly hats. I mean, this is crazy what's going on. They're taking down anything that involved uh, the Confederacy, Lee buildings and things like that. Uh, they're, they're, they're crazy. They're absolutely crazy and completely changing, trying to change our country and, and really having great success. I have to say, Richard, I don't want to hang up uh, because it's not going to be until the year 2050 that we get to talk again. I'm no, concerned. I, it'll maybe be before that. All right. I'm going to hold, thanks, I'm hold thanks, you that. Thanks for what you do. Yeah, thanks thank you, Richard. You do, thank you. Thanks for okay. calling in. Have a great day. You know, I say all the time, you never know who's listening. And I, I know this because I've been doing it long enough now that sometimes you talk to people a lot. Then all of a sudden you don't hear from them. Either I've done something, you know, that they don't like or just life, you know, speed of life takes over. So I never I never read anything bad. Uh, but there's a perfect example. I haven't talked to Richard in Summers Point. He reminds us since the 1990s. And we're talking now in the year almost 2023. Almost 30 years later. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Let's get our break in. When we come back, more of your phone calls. You will be next, and you'll be right after that, so hang in there. We have an open phone line at 609-407-1450. Your morning espresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Can any American look at what happened in Nevada and Arizona and Alaska and we're still counting votes for congressional seats in California and say that this is the best we can do? Is there anybody that thinks this system is actually good? Because I don't think so. Which breaks the case for same day, paper ballots, you know, all across the country, photo ID, Partisan observers watching all the voting, watching the vote counting, just like they do in Great Britain and France and Canada and all these other countries. And you get the results, uh, all of them, the night of the election. Why don't we switch to that system? Is there anybody that thinks that system's unfair? I don't think it's unfair. I think it's fair for everybody. The Sean Hannity Show from coast to coast later today. Hey, do you want to improve your shooting? Of course you do. Now you're going to love Mantis X. Now they have improved my shooting dramatically. It is a must-have for every responsible gun owner 
Now, the Mantis X is a high-tech but simple-to-use system used extensively, by the way, by the military, and it improves your shooting quickly and will give you the confidence in your ability to protect what you love. Now, here's how it works. You attach the Mantis X to your firearm. You connect with an app on your smartphone or tablet or Bluetooth. It gives instant feedback on what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and how to correct your technique. Now, the Mantis X is like a firearms instructor right in your pocket. And 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. And Mantis X is the best way to train at home. No driving to the range, no spending money on range fees and ammo. You're going to save a ton of money and improve your shooting. So start improving today. Just go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Tom P., join me for Rack and Fin Radio tomorrow morning at 5. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Tom P. Good man right there. 20 minutes past the hour, so our open forum is flying by. Let's make this count because we are jam-packed for the full second half. Senator Michael Testa in about 45 minutes. Don Hurley, we're going to have a great discussion that's going to be the last broadcast hour of 2022 live at least for the hurley in the morning program because we do have the best of over the weekend and we're going to be filling in for jimmy Fallon. that'll be tonight so you're going to hear from me but this is our last live hurley in the morning program of 2022 don and i for over two three weeks now we've been trying to do this and it just has been a scheduling issue on both sides great holiday music we'll talk about that We're going to talk about amazing Christmas shows that have been staged in Atlantic City over the years. Right off the top of my head, Donnie and Marie had an amazing Christmas show. Uh, I remember, and some we can even say Christmas, New Year's. Uh, Merv Griffin, when I worked for Merv Griffin, he had a national, it was an amazing national New Year's Eve show from what was called then the Coconut Ballroom at now Resorts Casino Hotel which is now the, um, oh, my gosh, we, we have our uh, dinner there every year. Um, oh, my gosh, the ballroom, uh, Ocean Ballroom. Oh. Um, there's also the Horizon Ballroom as well. Uh, the Ocean Ballroom is, is, is just spectacular. It's, a, it's an amazing room. It's so incredibly versatile it, it, for different sizes. I've often said if you're looking to do an event for Mark – to the entire team, uh, Eva, uh, who does a great job, Eva Campbell. They're just amazing to work with. But I remember vividly the two years that I was with Merv. This national show was unbelievable. So, I mean, I'm going to mention that. I'm going to stop mentioning all the things I want to mention, but uh, the 9 o'clock hour is going to be a lot of fun. Testa and then Hurley's In the Morning. Hey, can you join with me and say farewell to Fauci? I don't know how many times I've been more happy about someone leaving the federal government. I can't remember if he's going to still be involved. and Because people like him, it's like cockroaches. If you got them, they can survive. They can survive a nuclear blast. They can survive anything. And. If you miss my opening comments, Fauci's salary, the best I can gather, because they're so dishonest about everything. They lag in the reporting. I believe this year he makes $480,654. dollars 
I then factored what his pension will be. He's going to have about a $400,000 a year pension for life. This is sick. This is twisted. Think about the damage that that little man, that bad baseball pitcher, Fauci, think about the damage he did to this country with his lies. Then if you then if you told the truth about him, he said you were attacking him. And then he would say attacking me is an attack on science. So now you're a science denier and a science attacker. No, no, little man. It's you. All you liars that said follow the science and then none of you did. Look, if we followed the science, we would have never locked kids out of their classroom for two years and ruined some kids. Not just ruin them. In some cases, they committed suicide. Never sell short how important it is at formative years to spend time in the classroom with teachers that hopefully are not grooming and indoctrinating, but are teaching and how important that is in your formative years. So important. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Good morning. So I heard you say you were on the Board of Education. Yeah, two terms. And, okay, now, could this have been maybe in the early 80s and you were very young? Uh, It was in the early 80s and I was very young, yes. And do you remember uh, prayer being put back, a moment of silence being put back into public schools in Ventnor? And uh, I can remember Patty McGann called me and told me that uh, I would be going over to the school board in Ventnor. And he mentioned a young fellow on the school board. (laughs) I think it was you. It is me. I'm going to tell you why, because everybody else was old. I was the only young person on the board. Um, All good people, really good people. Uh, I think Tiny Wilson was just a little bit older than I, but pretty much, and Barbara Bergman, so, uh, but there were mostly older people. The reason I think Patty was referring to me is because Patty and I, we just had an instant friendship from almost the moment we met. Uh, you know, he knew that uh, his brother brought me and my twin brother into the world. He was aware of my involvement uh, politically, you know, I had run in Ventnor, uh, for the local government and we just hit it off and we're great friends. Uh, and he, he was, he was a, you, you, it gets overused. Linda Patty McGann was a great man. Well, um, he, I, he, he had, he, he was famous, but I can remember when they had taken, um, prayer out of school yeah and i thought how, how could this be and so i went to various churches and uh uh you know and marty wilson helped me he mm-hmm. you know it has to be just right to put something a referendum upon uh to be voted on he was excellent and uh yeah i walked i, I, I walked ventner and I stood outside of churches and uh, got the required signatures and it was a lot 
And uh, I, I remember yeah. all of this, and and I also remember nominating Tiny Wilson to be the president of the Board of Education, and she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's Marty's wife, uh, a, a wonderful person. Yeah, yeah, wonderful person. Yep. yep. And then and then I can remember because it was impressive that you know this came down to and this happened in Ventnor, and uh, then I then I, I know that uh, Ch- I think it was probably Channel Six News or somebody came down and I know they they interviewed me and then they uh, interviewed Marty Wilson and yeah and you were you were you were the guy on the school board that was huge you know I was so upset because and you had to be you had to ask for a moment of silence and I was I, I was offended that that you couldn't just put say we're putting prayer back in school no but it was so you know Fenton to Fentner and Linda you, 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 were, you did you they were. ever take it away oh I don't know if they ever took it away again because once I was gone I was gone but I know this much it proves how long the people that have this agenda, how long they've been at work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, and I, I really don't, I, I admire the mothers and, and, and the people that, that are getting on the school boards. But then I was reading um, New Jersey's Board of Education and the rules and regulations. I mean, Murphy has this thing. And it's, I don't know how you'll ever stop them from doing what they're doing to public education in New Jersey. Because you, public education has to obey these rules and regulations and this equity crap and everything else that goes along with it. And uh, so as great, as encouraging as it is to see the mothers go to the school boards, I think the best thing is to get your children out of public education. I hate to say that. I hate to say that because I'm a product of public education, but I was a, a product of public education with people like Tom Hand and Bill Gussie and Bob Wallace, and I could go on and on. Roy Todd, uh, wonderful people that they they didn't do any of this indoctrination or grooming crap. I, I saw something the other day. It's a prominent school in Virginia. I forget the name of the school. I think science is in the name of the school. They did not reveal to the students who had achieved the top 3% in the country on the junior junior year PSATs testing uh, because – and they're lying about it now and saying it was just a one-time mistake. No, it was one time on purpose and you got caught uh, because it was equity. They didn't want children who would feel inadequate to that uh, to have to go through something where certain people are – acknowledged and they aren't this is how this is how sick it's gotten it's evil yeah and and even even the military they don't want them using terms like mother father things that would promote mothers and fathers sir ma'am marines are supposed to ditch that there's no end to these people we just have to i keep saying it we have to win elections that's how we so what do you do with go ahead I'm sorry. No, go ahead. So what do you do with the commandment where, where God Almighty says, honor your mother and father so that it may be well with you on the earth? Right. So we get rid of mother and father. That was that came down on the Ten Commandments yeah. so that it may be well with you. That's the, that's the only commandment that, that, that has a promise. Yeah, that, that's, Linda, that's inconvenient now. That uh, They just, it's like everything they do. They ignore that. That doesn't exist to them. Americans don't want to live. Americans. Real Americans don't want to live in a country like that. Linda, the word American was decided by these crazies to be negative. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh-huh. You, you don't use it American. Now, I mean, that's who we are. They're, they're hitting America now at our very, in our heart, in our core. This is how radical these mm-hmm. people are. Mm-hmm. Are they going to start digging up World War II veterans? I mean, I guess, does, does that mean, I mean, they Well, they're digging up, they're digging up Confederate soldiers. Digging what? them up, Harry. Yes. Digging them up yes. out of the grave. Correct. The, Correct. One, the, the one statue recently. They're because sick. It, because it was the tombstone, then they went next yeah. day, got the body. Yeah. yeah, why not? I mean, and then that's just their starting point. There'll be something else that they're against, and then they'll do that. They'll eradicate that. They want to completely just within a generation or so, so much abnormal will just appear like it's normal. They're, they, they're on a path. It's almost like a glide path. I said it for 31 years, Linda, about how they were changing certain words in books. Then I said, well, it's only a matter of time before then they're going to be just deleting whole chapters. And then they'll graduate to deleting the whole book. And it, they're, they're doing it. I mean, they're doing it before our eyes. And, and most people are completely oblivious to it. And they won't know it. Uh, I hate to say it. It's, it's, it's our own Holocaust. Uh, you don't know it's happening until it's too late. Hitler rises. Uh, he never should have. And look what he did. And then it's, oops, the media loved him. And then he killed the media. And then look what he did. Uh, this group is evil and they have bad intentions. It used to be that we were just different political parties that Many people would say, I don't know the difference between the two. There's a subtle difference between the two. A moderate Democrat and a liberal Republican were considered about the same. Uh, it's all broken now. It's, it's over unless we find a way. And, and, of course, that means we have to compete with the messenger uh, ballots. We have to compete with the mail-in ballots. We have to compete with the early voting. Uh, because if not, they're going to continue to win the big elections, the statewide elections and the national elections. It, it's got it's got to change. Uh, and I, I really believe this, Linda. We have one more chance. 2024 is it. If we don't win in 2024, uh, they win, we lose. And that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, Happy New Year, and please wish John the same for me. I've got to jump. It's 33 minutes past the hour. Your phone calls continue at 609-407-1450. This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network. 33 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley, three stories you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The Atlantic City Board of Education said no to a certain former superintendent. I want you to read the story. I'm not going to tell you who. However, the state fiscal monitor overruled and said yes. Read about it. Also, the best milkshakes in Atlantic County and the best milkshakes in Cape May County. And I promise you, so much more than that. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Today's high temperature about 13 degrees above normal for late December. Wow, let's call it 58 today. Mostly sunny, some late day clouds will stay dry, looking great. Becoming mostly cloudy tonight with fog, low of 47. New Year's Eve tomorrow, not so nice. Foggy, cloudy, drizzly throughout the day, high 56. A batch of steadier rain moving in tomorrow evening. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Treat everyone on your... 
WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we are back. It's 36 minutes past the hour. Reminder, I'm coming back 12 noon to 3 p.m. today where we have the privilege to host the final Fox Across America program for 2022. Looking forward to that. I, I know we have some great guests that are scheduled and some very important national topics that will be uh that we'll be focusing on. Uh, I want to get a little farewell to Fauci in there today, too, is one of the topics we're going to talk about. I, I, I remain amazed how much money this guy makes that this guy could possibly. When I say puny, I don't mean he's diminutive man, but I don't mean it that way. Just this puny man that he could possibly. It, 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 it shows you that in government, it's like Biden. You can lose your way to the top. This guy, think about this. I mean, we've had people like Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, uh, Ronald Reagan. This Fauci is the highest paid federal government employee in American history. Four hundred and eighty thousand six hundred and fifty four dollars a year uh, is his salary. The best I can figure it out because they're very sketchy. Used to be like lag two years. You couldn't you, like you would tell you what he made in 2019 or something. But I found something in 2022 that he's at 480,654. He's due to receive an annual pension that the best I can calculate because I don't know exactly what he makes and exactly how the pension is um, is derived. But he's going to get somewhere between 350 and 400 thousand dollars for life how about that it's good work if you can find it isn't it welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air kind of bed bug fauci yeah in a business you know that in the hotel um uh let's see the first time i met you gray and i were at mama Mott's for a get together for talk show host and you came up to me and said to give your show um a chance and that i'm 60 now so for 20 years uh, I've been listening to your show and taking your advice, especially my, my solar panels. I love them. But, Harry, I'll start out by saying, um, you know, Biden's going to be mean as a mama bear because, of course, it's his son. But I do want to tell everybody about Mr. Bob Yolinsky. You know, he graduated from the Naval Academy, and they're indoctrinated uh, to uh, report on people who lie or cheat because if they don't, then they, too, are thrown out of the academy. So his testimony is going to carry a lot of weight, Harry. That's why, Lynn, uh, I'm sorry, Andrea, that's why the Democrat media ignores Bobolinsky. If you've noticed, they have not attacked him. They simply omit. They do not cover him. That, that's, I have to say, it's very, if there's somebody you cannot destroy, this shows you, this Bobolinsky, he must be tight as a drum. This guy is solid. Because if they could have destroyed him, they would have. Because his testimony against Joe, Jim, and Hunter Biden is devastating. Absolutely devastating. And we're going to get to see him again because he'll be called to hearings starting in the new year. Uh, because they are going to finally uh, go after some justice here. Here's what I want. And, and see, see if you think about this. You, you know how I am. You, you've seen me. I don't, I don't hold grudges. I just don't live my life like that. I want Hunter Biden held to account 
because I think he's a very bad criminal. And I think Joe Biden and I think the other people involved with them are also. And then I want Joe Biden to pardon his son because that's what I would do. I'm not going to act like I wouldn't do that. I would pardon my son, Linda. Uh, I'm not going to hold that against Joe Biden when he does that. But I want him to be held accountable. Speaking of justice, do you remember uh, Merrick Garland for Supreme Court? And yep. he was supposed to be such a great moderate in the middle of the road. And look what an ass clown he is. And, uh, and by the way, look look how vicious this guy is. He, he sicked on Trump. Because obviously Trump and you know Mitch McConnell and you know they, they he never got he never got on the Supreme Court he he's for the rest of his life going to believe that he should be on that court so this guy is a ve- I always said very dangerous Attorney General very dangerous uh, this guy that he has as a special counsel this guy is like no other he's a nightmare. Well, you mentioned this the other day on your show, and I, I love to tell this story because we lived it with you. And um, there was a left uh, radio, a, a left side radio host um, that was going after you over the Bob Levy lying about being a Green Beret. And you, and anybody's, you know, even if you peel potatoes, the elite can't be the elite if they don't eat. But um, they went after you. She went after you. And and you were, when you were found to be a liar, you were to move not one, not two, not three, not four, but five like your television, five states away, and you would never be heard from again. When the truth came out, this radio show lost her. We called her the deuce and a half because she was kind of, you know, obese. But not only did she lose her show, we've never heard from her again. And I mean, and that was that was really, really mean to do to you. So I'm sure Linda, uh, not Andrew, she remembers too what what happened to you and um, and how you were exonerated, Harry. So I really wanted to share that story, like so Andy and Matt can hear that because I don't think they were listening at that time. So thank you for the time and thank you for being right, Harry. Happy New Year! Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good one. Forty-three minutes past the hour, 609-407-1450, an open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. No malice New Year to everyone, and I can assure you it will be the best year you have ever had, regardless of the difficulty. A soldier die, but some rise again, and this is where we're going to come through in three, regardless of what People are doing the good people speak the truth and stand up. And I want to say that all the presidents, there are many things were done, but the true president, the qualification, I'm talking about the command in chief, and I don't think nobody could dispute that. Dwight uh, D. Eisenhower, I never forget him when I was a little boy there watching my aunt, uh, black and white TV on the country outskirts, Selma, and I heard this voice. And uh, it was uh, there in Arkansas, and he called in the troops, and people giving him a hard time, all kind of stuff. And when he integrated the military in the 40s, but the main thing is, I'm focusing on commander-in-chief, five-star general. Now, I understand you can't do that every day, but that should be the standard, and that should be the qualification, and that's what we should be following. Not all this mess going on today. And I tell you, where I heard radio, I was listening last night, 
We were very country, especially China, buying land all over the country, strategic places. And you don't think they're going to be scrambling and messing with the military? Signals, common sense from China to America coming across the oceans, it could be distorted. Right here next door to you, communication it is going to be sabotaging. And then you're going to see more of that than you do uh, with sabotaging of buildings. This is the new day. Wake up, everybody in America, and uh, let's get this together. And the thing is, good people, we help one another. And I say to God, bless us and uh, help us with the strength to endure. Willie, I'm at 45 minutes past the hour, so I've got to jump in. I'm going to say what I said the other day. You are the most focused you've ever been. I've enjoyed our conversations a whole lot, and I look forward to a great 2023 together. I wish you a happy new year, Willie, and thanks for checking in. I've got to jump for now, though. When we come back, this is what's going to happen. You'll be next, and you'll be right after that. You're both going to get in. It's only 45 minutes past the hour, plenty of time. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks for waking up early in the morning. Can you believe that it is New Year's Eve Eve? I've already written uh, 2023 a few times, including very early in the morning. I do the next programs. Um, I don't know what I call it. Uh, I guess you could call it like a show prep type thing it has the day the date every single hour who's coming on a bunch of other things uh that we have on it as well it's usually about a a five page or so document and it goes out to every guest that's coming on the program so they know who's coming on before them testa knows that don hurley's coming on even if he's not listening because he gets that update and don knows testa's coming on right before him i just like to do that I've always done it, and I'm always going to do it. So on that, I had to write the next program that we'll be doing live and local will be Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. And it looks a little funny, but it's here or just about here, and we better make it count. 2023 to me, I, oh, I never got the chance to um, to tell you what I wanted to tell you about 2023. I'll do it with Testa because 2023 is so enormously important because the entire New Jersey legislature, they all ran for two-year terms. So Testa is finally going to get to run for a four-year term. It's it's, it's going to feel like what what happened? What's going on here? He, he was running all the time. Uh, Palestina. You know, I, I would have loved Testa and Palestina to get four-year terms uh, last year and not have to come back this year. This makes the gains. See, you can win, and then you can lose it very quick. This is the one up. Testa has repeated. Palestina must repeat because it can't be that we just had them for two years and Democrats get it right back. We can't have that. I'm telling you, the 2023 election cycle, we are going to take most seriously on this program. It is so consequential. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. 
Good morning, Harry. Rosemary from Ventnor, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and thank you for your program. And the name of the poem is... <laughs> I couldn't resist. Well, I'm sorry. I, do have, I couldn't resist. I, do I just ha- prove I listen. I really listen. Go ahead. <laughs> I do have a poem, but that's not why I called Oh, okay. Today. I can't believe it. I blew okay. it. One and only I time I preempt you. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, I want to thank Linda. I agree with everything she said. She took the words right out of my mouth. And uh, so thank you, Linda, for that. And also, um, you mentioned Tiny Wilson. Yes, she's a wonderful person. I know Tiny. But anyway, another thing is the way to combat this is in every place in America, every business, every workplace, it only takes two people to start a prayer meeting before work, quietly. It can be done with two people. And um, you pray aloud quietly, ask for God's blessing on everyone in that workplace and on the building itself. And if this is done throughout the country, because this is the only way we can combat the evil. I know it sounds may be simple to some people, but um, I've experienced this, and um, believe me, it's it's a change for the good. That's uh, a beautiful comment. So I, it's, a, it's a beautiful comment. I'm happy. I also like it when people respect and like other listeners, and that makes me feel good. It makes our program, you know, feel good and look good as a program. Uh, and what what I think is also important, it really shows that we can make a difference. You know, you, it sounds corny sometimes when you say one person can make a difference. You look at some of these moms in particular that came out of Virginia when Terry McAuffle said that parents should have no say in what their children are taught. I'm not saying dads didn't get twisted about it, but moms in particular, uh, just it was a call to action. And they changed the entire landscape in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Terry McAuffle was going to be governor. It would have been a terrible four years. Uh, and instead, uh, so this, this shows you that even in states that were trending blue, if people get engaged, you can really make a difference. I'm, I'm hoping, for example, Arizona, I, I've never seen a state that had more razor-thin elections. One was closer than the other. And finally, the last one, Attorney General, I think it was, uh, is something like uh, 280 votes or something. The last race that was decided, either maybe was Secretary of State, 280-some votes. It showed, and what I'm hoping happens... Arizonans, we're going to get a taste of this liberalism now, this crap. And and maybe in the next election cycle, they'll change the way that they vote. It, it's it's the 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 Democrats winning in certain states. It seems hopeless in California and in New York. But there are many states where Virginia, for example, used to be reliably red Republican. Then it became very purple and then it became very blue. And now Yunkin won, and and I believe other Republicans can win. Uh, so this is I, – I never lose faith. I'm an eternal optimist. 
Yeah, well, I know. We all know that in the end, the Lord's going to be victorious. But we have to do our part. Yeah. And so my suggestion is that, and it can be done in every, don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. It can be done quietly in every workplace in this country. Yep. It just takes two people to step up and start it. It's true. Before work, quietly, it does not interfere with work. A few minutes, and that's all it takes. Great call. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year. Have a great one. Thank you for an awesome 2022. And look, if I don't take any calls during Testa or Dom P. Hurley, this is the last live and local Hurley in the Morning phone call. Because, we're again, we're going to be doing Fox Across America, and Chris will program the best of Hurley that plays over the weekend. So we'll be heard from this weekend prior to January 1st. But this is the last live and local phone call that I know of, although it's possible that we could take additional calls in the second half of the program, but it's not scheduled at the moment. So here you go. Make it count. Make it memorable. Make it great. Oh, boss, man, I'm so privileged, sir. How about this? Thank you. How about this? Oh, man, I feel like I, I feel like I just won the lottery. Oh, here, that's man. exciting. That's exciting. This is awesome sauce. Hey, I heard you talking about that Santos earlier, okay? Yes. And and I think it was, I think it was uh the woman Chelsea Garbeth, the uh the, the former uh senator uh, yeah, former congresswoman, former Democrat, now turned independent. Correct. Yes. And she she was filling in for Tucker Carlson yeah. on Fox. Yeah. Oh, I, I, Matt, you may have missed part of the show. I did a whole piece on that. Uh, she gave it to him. She gave it to uh, George Santos, but good. And uh, she's actually made a big name for herself. She's going to she's going to have a career in the media. She looks great. She has a she has an 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 incredible speaking voice. Her um, tonal quality, her cadence. Uh, she's a winner. There's no doubt about it. Let me squeeze this in because I'm going to forget if I don't, Matt. Then I'll turn it back to you. And we've got two minutes, so we're, we we got time. Uh, Don Hurley has one of my favorite little memes of the day. He wrote. I don't care how many lies Santos has told as long as Biden, Blumenthal, and Warren are still in office. I love that. I love it. Well, she told him you're a liar right on national TV. I know, to his face. You're a liar. Yeah. You're a liar, you're a thief, and you're a cheat. And I'm telling you that now, and good day, sir, she caught him. Yeah, I don't know how she could say he's a thief. I think there's nothing proven. I mean, you could, he's stolen honor, you know, and stuff like that because he doesn't have a degree and he says he did. Uh, I thought that was a little harsh. But, yeah, he's a liar. There's no doubt about it. But guess what? Uh, if out of the 535 in the House and the Senate, if we got rid of them because of lies, Biden couldn't be president. Blumenthal could not be senator. Uh, Elizabeth Warren could not be senator. You could go on and on and on. This Santos might be an extreme example, but there are many liars in the United States Congress. Many. 
Yeah, I just never seen anybody break anybody down on an interview like that. Well, that I, I honestly think she's trying to make a name for herself. I think it was opportunistic a little bit, just being honest. And I've said a lot of nice things as well. Uh, she wanted it to be memorable that she really um, gave it to him. I don't think Tucker Carlson would have done what she did to him. Well, I heard you break some people down. I heard Tucker break some people down, but that was like... No, it was a take. It was a takedown. In the business, that's called a takedown, and she did it. There's no doubt about it. But he's still going to get sworn in, and uh, he'll be dealt with later. That's what's going to happen. Matt, you did it. Thank you. Senator Michael Testa joins us next. It's Hurley in the morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, let me just gush for a quick second. Uh, I've really been looking forward to this for a lot of reasons. Number one, I knew even though it's between Christmas and New Year's, I knew the Senator Testa would keep the date. Uh, he never misses. And it gives me an opportunity to have a really great uh, year in review with one of the most relevant senators in the state, not just in the region, but in the state. And it gives me the opportunity to shine the spotlight on really, if you think about it, the architect. Because if you think that it it just happened by you know, smoke and mirrors or happenstance that districts one, two and three are all Republican. All seats. If you think that didn't start in the first district, uh, you're either sadly mistaken, lying, clueless, something other than accurate. Uh, You know, drink your poison there on that. Uh, It started with Testa. And now a couple of years, several years now into his time as senator, uh, we can now chat about the year in review 2022. And and I also want to give you, Senator, the opportunity. I talked a little bit. I hope you heard it right before the top of the hour break. And I think we should spend quality time on this. We cannot overstate how important 2023 is. 2023 is going to be about, in my estimation, Senator Testa, about solidifying the gains that have been made. Because if it goes the other way, if Durr loses in three, if Palestina loses in two, I don't think that that either of those are going to happen. I know you're not going to lose in District 1. You're the safest of all. But there's some challenges uh, in 2023. And winning there then positions us for 2024, when then it's all the marbles at the at the federal level. And then, of course, the next year, who is going to be the next governor of the state of New Jersey? So I know we're, we're similar in certain ways where I think we look at these things uh, in that way. It's, it's like an executive that looks at three budgets. You're looking at last year's, you're looking at this year's, and you're looking at next year's. We, we've got to play three, four, five-dimensional chess 
in, in this um, very challenging time. So with that little preamble, we welcome Senator Testa and I wish you uh, a happy new year. Uh, happy New Year's Eve Eve. Uh, listen, it's still the 12 days of Christmas, according to, you know, I know your faith, uh, Harry. Um, so Merry Christmas and Happy New Year as well. Yes. And, 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 and Senator, I heard Cardinal Dolan say it to me uh, on Fox News. Uh, he said, I'm going to be out driving and nobody better have their Christmas tree down until the Sunday after New Year's. So I'm with you, Senator. It's funny that you say that because one of my friends said he said his wife is sort of a neat freak and once the toys were and all the wrapping paper was cleaned up the next day she was taking the tree down and he said that's you know he said hey that's not okay it's the 12 days of Christmas yes. and she said you know the tree was dried out or whatever and she said this has to go it's making needles all over the house. <laughs> He said he made the concession. I said, well, you better, you know, you better call your bishop to get a dispensation on that yes. one. But uh, yes. I heard the same thing from Cardinal Dolan. But, yeah. you know, you know, speaking about, you know, LD1, LD2 and LD3 and, and really LD8 as well, if yep. you think about it. I mean, just because of the way the, the structure goes, you know, just because it's not exactly perfectly paint by numbers. But, you know, one, two and three are contiguous. But then, you know, eight is obviously extremely close. And you know, South Jersey has become somewhat of a fortification of of red, you know, and the red wave that people had said did not come. Well, you know, they should take a look at South Jersey. It's been here for a while. Um, it definitely started with Antoine McClellan, Eric Simonson, and myself in 2019. Unfortunately, it hasn't gone all the way up north yet. And we do have to hold serve, so to speak, in LD2 and LD3 and LD1. Make no mistake, you know, Antoine, Eric, and myself were going to run as if we are 15 points behind, just like we did in 2021. And we set the record for margin and turnout, and we plan to attempt to do that again and hit those numbers in the new district. I mean, it's obviously an entirely new landscape for LD1. Um, but Republicans have to do a really good job in those districts that we don't have yet of recruiting great candidates, because if, if there's anything that we learned from the Biden midterms is that candidates really matter. The red wave didn't happen nationally the way we had hoped it would happen. And, and, and I think that's large in part due to uh, poor candidate selection or, unfortunately, you know, if there were primaries, candidates came out of the primary that wouldn't necessarily be able to win the general. Right. Election. They were stronger in June, but not or well, we shouldn't say June because some states and commonwealths have their primaries in other you know months, not June, some earlier, some later. But I will say this. I agree with that. Uh, to a large extent, but also we got beat. We got beat because Democrats beat us with the early voting, the vote by mail. Uh, we've got to get better there, Senator. We've got to. I agree with you 1,000%. And, you know, for those that are listening that don't know, I'm the Cumberland County Republican chairman. And GOP was the number one county for Republican rate of return and vote by mail. And that was part of the strategy. You know, we're a my, we, you know we were a minority party in Cumberland County. We're down by approximately eleven thousand five hundred registered voters from Democrat to Republican. And this year, we won by eleven and a half points by three thousand votes. Um, I can tell you that a lot of that had to do with our vote by mail program because there's no way we can sit on the sidelines and complain of early voting and vote by mail and continue to just lose elections. We have to play that game 
And we have to get better at that game. And there is no mistake. Republicans like to vote on Election Day for the most part. But for those that aren't necessarily voting on Election Day, and we know that they've received a vote-by-mail ballot, we need to chase them to make sure that they send that ballot in and vote all the way down the Republican column. So one of the things that I have really been fighting is the notion, and there's that lack of confidence that people's votes are going to count. And that's something that has plagued the Republican Party for a few years now. We have to assure our voters that if they fill out that vote-by-mail ballot, that their vote is going to count, that there is voter integrity. And the example that I use is our Congressman Jefferson Van Drew. I said, think about it. If it didn't, if, if our votes weren't counting, how did Congressman Van Drew beat a Kennedy by eight points when millions of dollars from all over the country were coming in to defeat him? I said, so folks, you have to vote and believe that your vote is going to count. And I think we've been able to turn the tide a, a little bit in Cumberland County, and I think other counties and other states really need to take note and stop pushing this mantra that we can only vote on election day. That is a losing strategy. Totally agree. And and we it, it's happened so many times now that if it were to happen one more time, then I don't even know what to say about it. Because th- th- in the beginning, the Democrats just caught on to something first. They changed the voting rules. They knew what they were doing. And it was very effective. Got to give them credit because their policies aren't popular. But if they get more people out... They're going to continue to win. I mean, we've right now a survey that I was able to cite yesterday when I was hosting nationally for Fox News Radio. Sixty five point three percent of the American people believe that we're on the wrong track. How in the world did we not win the Senate? How in the world did we not pick up more seats in the House when two thirds of the country are dissatisfied with the country, and it's for the reasons we're talking about. After the break, I, I would like you to take a moment. You mentioned something that's either significant or insignificant, depending on how it was redistricted. Tell us the composition. I don't. I, I don't mean at the very finite level, but is District One now more Republican or less Republican since the redistricting? And then we'll go on from here. A lot to talk about. With New Jersey Senator Michael Testa approaching 15 minutes past the hour. Uh, it's a very happy second half of today's program. Uh, two of my favorite people, Testa and my identical twin brother. Uh, it doesn't get any closer than that. I, I, he stole my nutrients for nine months. Don P. Hurley will be our closer after Senator Testa. Hurley in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. It is 18 minutes past the hour with Senator Michael Testa. I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. Senator, uh, is your district a more friendly district to Republicans, or how, how did it all turn out? Well, no, uh, we, we lost some municipalities in Cumberland County that were pretty strongly Republican in the redistricting. Um, th- I think this is the price of doing too well. You know, Eric, Antoine, and myself won by 30 points in 2021, 
and they deemed that district then, you know, too Republican, which is which is kind of funny, as you know, because it was held by a Democrat senator for, <laughs> for a dozen years. And before we flipped the first in 2019, and it's kind of laughable, but, you know, we, we lost a few towns that are very staunchly Republican, and we gained Bridgeton, which Bridgeton, New Jersey, if anybody knows, is a, a solid blue Democrat town. But I have good relationships there, and I think that we're going to, to do surprisingly well, even even with Bridgeton added. And I'm certainly hopeful that it only fortifies uh, the margins that were achieved by LD3, uh, Senator Durr's team, in 2021. That is well said. Um, sometimes the price for success is a penalty. Uh, that that that, and you're right about the fact that you won big because you worked really hard and you got out your vote and you 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 campaigned on items that the voters agreed with and you really you know you you, you created quite a um, quite quite a wave because what what followed was two and three. And all of that had not been like that in, in I, I don't know, in 31 years of doing the show, I don't believe one, two and three have ever been three Republican senators and six uh, Republican assembly members in my entire career on air. So something really big happened there. Now, what this means is now, and I know the way that you work, you, you, you mentioned it in the in your opening that you always run like you're 15 points behind, but it makes you think like, hey, this is a different, this is a different composition than you've run in the previous times, you, and you have to be mindful of that. We we absolutely do, and look, even you know, and as county chair, it, it now makes me divide a little bit of my time and more into the legislative district three races because LD three now has a larger portion of Cumberland County where I'm the chairman. So it, it actually, you know, it, it's a very interesting map for us, and it's something entirely new for me both as senator and as chairman of Cumberland County. So, you know, now now I'm getting, you know, wading into waters that are similar to what uh, uh, Chairman Purdy has in Atlantic County with, you know, with multiple legislative districts and, and more significant portions, you know, it, you know encroached into Cumberland County. Um, so, you know, I'm excited for the challenge, and I think we're going to step up. Look, we, we just flipped the freeholder board. I still call it the freeholder board because it's, it's a bad habit. But the commissioner board in Cumberland County for multiple years for the first time in over 50 years. So we're going to work very hard. We have huge races in Cumberland County. We have three commissioner seats up and two constitutional officers, as well as our legislative races. So as big as a year as 2021 was for the legislature, as big a year as was for uh, the county in Cumberland County in 2022, I think this year is even bigger. 2023 is absolutely massive for not just South Jersey, not just for Cumberland County, but for the entire state because the entire legislature is up. Yeah, and it doesn't set the tone for what's going to happen, obviously, in 2024 and then the run up to 2025. If there are Republican gains statewide uh, holding what we've achieved in one, two, and three, and you're mentioning eight, which is very relevant. Sort of eight is our four if you're playing the game of one, two, three, four. Uh, so it made a lot of sense what you said there uh, from a contiguous standpoint. And more gains uh, will then position New Jersey to where I believe I've said this. Um, and I, I said from the beginning, a lot of it depended on one, two, and three. 
this state can go back as recently as Senator Bill Gormley. That's not ancient history. It's a little while ago, but it's not ancient history. Uh, He was chairman of judiciary in the majority. No worse than like a tie. One time it was 2020. But Gormley was still chairman of judiciary, and it, I, he was more effective with the tie than when they were in the total majority. But that's another that's another story for another day. Uh, this state has seen a, a majority Republican legislature and alternating seemingly every other cycle uh, or two cycles from uh, Democrat back to Republican and so on and so forth. This is doable. Uh, the the world, the the country, the the intelligentsia. All the the so-called pundits, they believe that New Jersey is only a dark blue state. Then then how do Republican governors happen about every eight years and typically serve uh, two terms unless they leave, like Christy Christy Whitman left to become EPA administrator? But you get what I'm saying. Uh, This is not necessarily the dark blue state that they will lead you to believe. This is winnable. It absolutely is winnable, Harry, and you're 100% right. It is not ancient history when we had probably one of the most, if not the most, powerful senator in the state of New Jersey at the time who was head of judiciary and, and Senator Gormley, and he's a dear friend of myself and my family. You know, it, it is an ancient history, and, and I want to go back to 2019, you know, when there were only five states who had state Senate races, in, in the entire United States, and it's New Jersey, Virginia, Kentucky, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Those other four states that are not named New Jersey, one would think are far more red than New Jersey. And there was only one state Senate pickup in the entire United States that year, and that was Legislative District 1 in New Jersey. It can happen here. It should happen here. But I think we have to ditch a lot of the old thinking that it can't happen here. We sort of have that Stockholm syndrome that we're going to go back to the exact same game plan. And it's like, you know, what you said earlier about not engaging in vote by mail and not encouraging our voters to vote by mail. We need to eke out every single vote possible. You know, one thing that we learned from the Chitterelli campaign is that we're down a million votes in the state of New Jersey, which is it's not insurmountable, but it's, it's a heavy, heavy load statewide. But look what Youngkin did in Virginia. He latched on to some of those kitchen table issues as his lieutenant governor has talked about. By, by the way, I think you're going to agree with this, but I want to put it out there just for discussion. If Terry McLawful, who had served one term as governor um, a few terms before he ran again against Yunkin, had he not said that he could have just I say he could have just gone away to Disney World. Had he not said that parents have no rights in terms of what their children are taught in the classroom. I say if that uh, that seminal moment didn't happen, McAwful would be governor right now. And a lot of this magic, you know, that we hear about how Yunkin did it and, you know, Chitterelli almost did it. All of this, Yunkin would not have won. So it goes to show you the issues really matter. And if a core issue that hits the electorate to their to their soul like this did, when these mama bears went absolutely bananas. And also, by the way, and I know you know this, they're winning board seats, school board seats all over the country going after this crazy stuff, this this grooming that they're doing of third graders and t- teaching them about penises and vaginas and clitorises and crazy stuff 
you know, at age eight, nine, it's insanity what's going on. They the Democrats have gone so woke, so hard left way too far that things are happening that otherwise wouldn't happen. See, if you we don't have to agree. Split decisions are beautiful, too. But I say Youngkin would not have won without that one Terry McAwful slip up that he made. It wasn't a slip up. He actually actually slipped and told the he truth. Believed it. He believed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, you, you you basically are your po- the pocket Kreskin again. You have your crystal ball, and you absolutely you know prognosticated exactly where I was going with, with this. Those issues really matter, and ex governor made that slip up. And think about this: if you contrast that with New Jersey, Governor Murphy said, "If taxes are your issue, New Jersey is not your state." And New Jerseyans didn't care. Yeah, New Jerseyans didn't care about that statement, but once. Youngkin was able to grab onto that issue where he saw the sitting governor attacking parents' ability to parent their own children. And that's what I said about that kitchen table issue. You know, um, Governor Youngkin's lieutenant governor, she's spoken so eloquently about this issue on numerous occasions. I don't want to diminish what she said because she said it so well. And, you know, she said we specifically attacked that issue once Governor McAuffle said that and like you said he slipped up he slipped up and told the truth because he believed it yeah he He believed that parents shouldn't have the ability to actually parent their own children and and that's not even co-parenting with the government at that point the governor readily believed that the government is in a better position to parent your child than you that is a real scary thing he also had that awful slip up if you remember that you can abort a child after it's born oh Uh, so Remember, that was yeah. another one on one yeah. of his slip ups. So he had two massive slip ups on key issues that people are extremely, extremely passionate about, and they should be. And it's amazing, parents attending PTA meetings, when, when I was a young person, schools thought it was a great thing that parents were getting involved. Yes. But oh, yeah, now they don't want parents involved. They have egg timers out. You can talk for a minute or two minutes, then sit down and shut up. All these crazy stuff with, with bathrooms that can, people can change their, you know, how they identify. Uh, today, they're, they're one sex. The next day, they're the next. Uh, you had the, the area where um, uh, there were rapes and the school actually lied. They, they, they took down a father, took him to the ground. And it locked him up uh, because his his daughter was raped and they lied and said it didn't happen. I mean, awful things that they're protecting. I'm amazed at how radical uh, they're taking this stuff. But it's at their own peril because when you get people that have finally had enough, it is spectacular. It's amazing what the American people will do in elections. The American people had enough of Jimmy Carter and they sent him packing uh, in a big way, he was out of that thing. He conceded to Reagan before eleven o'clock on the West Coast. Uh, it was that much of a of, of a drubbing. So when people finally have enough, they will. That broom will sweep clean. All right, that's just the first half. Uh, we've got more, a whole half with Senator Testa. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. With Senator Michael Testa, I am Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The Atlantic City Board of Education said no. But guess what? 
the state fiscal monitor reversed them and said, yes, it was always the opposite. And they hired somebody uh, that the board did not want to hire. Check it out. I've got the story. I also have the story about the best milkshakes in Atlanta County and not to leave them out. The best milkshakes in a separate article in Cape May County and a whole lot more. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Hands down, a beautiful day on deck for today. Even this morning, it's comfortably cool and crisp outside. Temperatures 30s and 40s will reach about 58 this afternoon. Mostly sunny skies with late-day clouds. We are staying dry. Clouds will continue to roll in tonight with fog likely, low of 47. Foggy, cloudy, drizzly tomorrow, high 56. Steady rain tomorrow night. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks. We're back. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Senator Michael Testa uh, joins with us every month on this very day. So you can pretty much set your watch he never misses, uh, and if he does, we uh, we just make it up, pick another day. Uh, but this is typically when we we visit either the fourth or the fifth uh, Friday of of um, the month. Now, what I want to do is turn it over to you, Senator Testa, and let's do a little 2022 year in review from the New Jersey perspective. Uh, what are some of your thoughts about the year? You know, as, as far as how things went in the state, I have to tell you, you know, one of the things that I've attacked the Murphy administration on pretty pretty readily as a member of the Budget and Appropriations Committee is the budget. You know, it's $51 billion now, and that doesn't include the $24 billion of federal funds. And if you've, for those that have followed me, I've pointed out all of the pork projects that the Murphy administration sort of gets to handpick that all seem to go to districts with representatives who have D's next to their names. Isn't that, isn't that interesting Ah. for the the large expenditures? And it's something that I, I said has to be stopped. I mean, it really is what I say, playing Santa Claus right before an election year. It's something that the people of New Jersey, the 9 million New Jerseyans deserve to be a far greater part of the process. Two things that I can tell from talking to the constituents, and I'm one of those people that you're not supposed to read all of your social media comments. Unfortunately, I read most of them, if not all of them. Um, But the, the two overarching themes that I can garner from the comments are that people are demanding transparency and accountability. And I think that's really what all levels of government should be engaging in. And they were able to hide behind a cloak for a pretty long time. And they used COVID-19 as a sword rather than a shield, right? Yeah. You know, they, they were hiding from the public. Now the, the, there has to be an unveiling of this process because the people of New Jersey believe that there are deals cut in, you know, smoke-filled back rooms, where only legislators are involved. Well, I can tell you this much. I'm not part of that process. You know, we we get handed the budget an hour or two before we're voting on it in committee, which is preposterous when you're talking about $51 billion and you haven't had much time to review it. We need far more transparency and accountability. And one of the things that I've been criticized about, Harry, is that, you know, 
in these pork projects, there's an additional $300 million going to Rutgers University. And look, you know, I know Dr. Kesselman. I'm a fan of his. He's a fan of me. Uh, Dr. Hushmand. We have two great universities in South Jersey. We have more than that, actually, but two that I'm thinking of are Stockton University and Rowan University. Why aren't they able to apply for this for this amount of money? Why, why isn't there an application process that's maybe based on actual need? And let's make it actually fair. And we know that the large majority of this pork that has grown exponentially in the last quarter century of the budget is given out districts that are much more populated, that have D's next to their representative's name, and all happen to be north of 195. It, it has to stop. And, and I'm not against Rutgers, but they already have a budget. They're already extremely well-funded. You know, they're paying the highest paid government employee in the state of New Jersey is the football coach at Rutgers who has a one in nine record in the Big Ten. Is amazing. I mean, what, what, what are we doing here? Are they an academic institution, a research institution, or are they the minor leagues for the NFL? It, 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 we have to determine what it is Rutgers wants to be, whether we're going to fund it or whether it should be funded via boosters and fundraising and, and things of that nature. Why are we continuing to throw money at institutions when everybody else should be able to apply? And, and I'm just saying for all types of projects, I, I talked about the Wildwood Boardwalk, an $80 million estimated project, which in Wildwoods are the free beaches. They're the people's beach. You don't need beach tags to go there. It's an economic engine. You know, I've talked about this since, with you since 2019. The number has grown. And I have to give a shout out to Diane Wheeland of Cape May County's Tourism. $600 million in tourism tax dollars goes to Trenton each and every year. Now, $600 million was the last estimate. It might even, it's more than that. Wow. We get, we get a paltry sum back. Well, how come Cape May County can't be part of applic applying for, for the pork that's in the budget? Wildwood should be able to be part of that. The roads and bridges that we have in Cape May County that are used by hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of visitors to Cape May County each and every year. Same thing for Atlanta County, right? Where, I, where Senator Palestine is the senator. This is just an unfair process that's done really behind the veil of government that people want to have access to. They want it to be accountable and they want it to be transparent and they deserve that, those things. Strong. Yeah, I, I agree. We're going to take our final time out. And when we come back, we will then be uninterrupted until the top of the hour. Joining us right after Senator Testa will be Don Hurley in what will be the last live hour. We've got more Hurley in the morning because obviously we have the best of over the weekend that Chris Coleman will pick two hours uh, or so of our program. Uh, we're filling in today, uh, hosting for Fox News Radio, Fox Across America. Two hours of today's show. Chris picks the two out of three. Um, I'm not sure which two it is, but it will be two of the three that we do. And that will be on tonight from 10 p.m. until 12 midnight. And then the next time we uh, reconvene, it will be the brand new year and all of these consequential things that we've been talking about all morning long here. And, and especially here with Senator Testa, uh, all are in play. And I, I do want to talk about when we come back, Senator Testa, I think it's really important that Republicans not look stupid on January 3rd. And not be able to pick 
uh, a speaker and have the Democrat media be able to report the first time in 100 years that it's going to more than one ballot. Uh, you know, there are people saying they're never, never Kevin. And if five stay never Kevin, uh, th- this thing could be days, days of voting unless there is a consensus candidate like, say, a Steve Scalise uh, that all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, they vote and he gets the votes. I want to get your take on if you think I think that's very important that Republicans look like grownups coming in. If you can't pick your leader, uh how can you tell the American people we've got all these grand ideas, all these great ideas, and then we'll be able to govern when they can't even pick their leader? So uh, I'm uh, with a bit of angst about that. I don't want them to look stupid because these are serious times. Much more with Senator Michael Testa right after this. I am early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. When you need to know. It's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 49 minutes past the hour with Senator Michael Testa. Senator, time is yours. Look, Harry, you know, I want to thank you for always allowing me to be on your show. Um, you know, we've, we formed such a great relationship over the past number of years. And, you know, we, what's great is, is what you said earlier. You know, you don't always have to disagree. I mean, you don't always have to agree. Disagreements are okay. Yeah. And 99.8% of the time, I think you and I are on the same page. But, you know, what I really want to emphasize is you're absolutely right. You said you want to talk about this coming back uh, into into the finish the hour is Republicans need to look organized. You know, they, they have this is their opportunity to either shine or to fail. And they need to pick a speaker. They need to have a unified front, something that the Democrats are really good at. And I don't like to give them too much credit, but credit is due here. Somehow they always unified behind Nancy Pelosi and they always managed to come out with a common message, even with the wackos of their party. And they're there, you know, the squad, you know, they tried to make these these folks celebrities who were anti-American, anti-Semitic, despicable human beings. But somehow they were able to squash their very sometimes very loud and obnoxious voice to get behind Speaker Pelosi, we have a unique opportunity nationally, and I'm and I'm hoping that our Congressman Jefferson Van Drew is is going to be part of the solution, and I know that he's going to be part of that solution in getting behind the right person to be Speaker, so that we don't have that what you said that second vote or Ugh. third ballot in Ugh. over a hundred years. It'll look that terrible. will be awful. Yep. That'll look so bad for the Republican Party nationally. By the way, I think that McCarthy has earned it. I mean, look at the job he did traveling the country, helping candidates win. You can make the case. The margins are so, so slim. Five seat majority. It looks like 10, but it's really a swing of five. You know, 222 to 212 because the one seat is open right now with the death of the uh, the one member. They want to they want to kill uh, kill off uh, Santos, too. But that's another story. So without McCarthy, I mean, you could make the case Democrats may have kept the majority in the House as well because and also, too, I think that um, he, he doesn't get enough credit for it. And, and the way that we live at this speed of life now, uh, a guy like Lee Zeldin could get just lost in the shuffle. I think if Lee Zeldin is not on the top of the ticket, those gains in New York State, Long Island and elsewhere, they're the difference makers in being in the majority or the minority. 
Uh, so, you know, there's a story here. I mean, I think McCarthy has just flat out earned it. Uh, but the margins are so slim that five never Kevin guys could actually derail him. So, Harry, you've touched upon a number of fabulous points right there. Be Speaker McCarthy as soon as possible. Yeah. I think everybody should get behind him, you know, and here, here's one of the problems with, and I've said this before with the Republican Party, we're all individuals, and that's fine. Like I said about you and I, you know, we, we agree 99.8% of the time. Why are we going to focus on the 0.2% of the time where we disagree? Right. Some, somehow, some way, Republicans a lot of times focus on that 0.2%, and we need to get away from that. We need to get back to the Ronald Reagan mantra where if someone agrees with you 80% of the time, they are your friend and not your enemy. So, you know, I, I see the Freedom Caucus and individuals like that. Look, they're necessary and they're great to have in our party, but they also have to look at the big picture. My good friend, now Congressman Tom Kane, would not be Congressman Tom Kane if it weren't for someone like Kevin McCarthy. There's no doubt in my mind. And you know, so I have to thank Congressman McCarthy for doing the job that he did in the state of New Jersey. I mean, you know, this this whole notion that Republicans failed in 2022 is just wrong. Think about it. We gained a congressional seat in the state of New Jersey where everybody thinks we're true blue. I got bashed in 2021 in an interview for calling New Jersey a purple state and not a blue state. And that was before the, the winds of 2021. And you, you mentioned Lee Zeldin. I mean, what a sacrifice he made. Yeah by leaving his seat and running for governor. You're absolutely right. If he weren't there, and it's a shame that he didn't win because he deserved to win. He did. I mean, think about what happened to him. A violent crime occurred right outside of his home. Yeah. Yep. And it, it went somewhat unnoticed. The media didn't want to cover it. They said he was making too big a deal. Of, are you kidding me? He has two beautiful daughters who had to hide in their bathroom. Right, because they want Democrats in control so bad they are willing to just dispatch any normal, you know, social norms or whatever. Uh, because it, it flip the script. If that's Kathy Hochul, uh, they would we would never hear the end of it, and they would blame Republicans for it. One hundred percent. They would say it was insurrectionist outside yeah. of her home. Right? Yeah. It's, not, it's not just the common criminals who were let out because of ridiculous notions like overblown bail reform. And, you know, look, I got to speak to an elect Mike Waller, who's more than likely in his seat because of Zeldin and the hard work that he has done because he's a local guy who connected to the community in, in Rockland County. You know, really great story. And he beat the chairman of the ECC. You know, think about that for a yes, second. That was amazing. That's uh, an, inc an incredible win in New York. So this whole notion that the media is playing, and you and I had this conversation offline prior to this interview, that we have to be our own sources of media as Republicans, because think of that win. You're not hearing about that on the mainstream media, about Congressman-elect Lawler. You're not hearing about Congressman-elect Tom Kane. Think of what Congressman McCarthy has done. He has earned that spot for speaker. And by the way, you just named two of the five. That's, you know, two-fifths of the majority right there. Correct. And, and I think that between what you said in New York, between Zeldin and McCarthy yep. in New York and McCarthy and Tom Kane in New Jersey, McCarthy's, you know, if not directly responsible, it was strongly indirectly responsible for those wins. Yep.
without a doubt. So I think it is all going to work out. I know they're saying under no circumstances will they vote for him and they will not vote present. But I think something will happen. Uh, I'm not going to say horse trading, but, you know, rules will be changed. Uh, you can't have something, though, that any member on any day can put a vote up to remove the speaker. It's got to be you get a two year term. You, uh, they can't acquiesce on that. But some of the other things I think he already has uh, given them concessions in terms of some of the rules. There's just so much important work that has to be done. And we have to go after the Biden crime. We have to go after all this spending. Uh, and But it can't be about Republicans not being able to get out of the uh, the starting blocks in the race. It's like a horse race where the one gate doesn't open, all the horses are gone, and the one horse, you know, is still, uh, you know, stuck. Uh, we can't have that. It, it, it will be It will be market saturation level dysfunctional reporting about the Republican Party. And if you get off to a bad start, sometimes that's how you finish. How you start is how you finish. And Republicans need to start strong because there's a lot of work that has to be done. Harry, you're absolutely right. And I'm going to quote the great assemblyman, Eric Simonson. He says this all the time. The only way we lose is if we fight with ourselves. And that's back what I don't want to see happen with the Republican-controlled Congress get out of the starting blocks fighting with each other. They have to see who the enemy is. And, and you mentioned this in the hour prior to me coming on. There needs to be a serious investigation into the link between the sitting president and his son and the crimes that are documented yep. that he has committed. I mean, there's 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 there's. there's it's not even beyond a reasonable doubt. It's beyond all possible yeah, doubt. Yeah, th- think it's, about this. Right. You had the Nassau County prosecutor and the federal government each announced criminal investigations of Santos. Santos has lied about whether he's Catholic or Jewish, lied about some other things about the, 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 the demographics of his family or something. Uh, he lied about working for Goldman Sachs or Citigroup and or Citigroup. And a few other things I can't I can't remember at the sitting. Uh, now it's bad character. Uh, he said he had a college degree, and he doesn't. It's bad character, but that's not crime. And here they're not investigating real crime that's right in front of their face. It's 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 disgusting. It, it, it is, and I and I hate to be one of those individuals accused of whataboutism, right? I mean, yeah. you know, two things can be true at once, and two things can be investigated at once. I, I think it's problematic to have candidates outright lie about their credentials. Yeah. Nobody should ever do that. Right. I mean, and and you know, you're talking about Richard Blumenthal and Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden, uh, and also uh, uh, George Santos. Don Hurley has uh, your good friend. Don Hurley has. A great meme. I don't care how many lies Santos has told as long as Biden, Blumenthal and Warren are still in office. So I'm with you. I've actually used that same line. I don't want to say what about, you know, this one and that one. But come on already. You know, we can't be the only goofballs that the minute somebody does something like this, they they, they throw them out and you give a victory to the Democrats, basically. Ten seconds. That's all we've got. Uh Senator, Happy New Year. Thanks for a great year. And we'll, of course, be in touch.
Happy New Year, and Happy New Year to your identical twin, Don P. Hurley. He follows up right now. Thank you, Senator. Thanks for everything. He is Senator Michael Testa. I am Hurley in the morning. Fourth quarter begins right now. Don't go away. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is five minutes past the hour. Here's what we'll be doing and, in fact, awaiting for the arrival of Don. Uh, who I have talked with earlier this morning on a couple of occasions. So hopefully he'll be dropping by momentarily. Uh, but the topic is going to be favorite holiday songs with a little twist. We're also going to be talking about great entertainment that's come to Atlantic City. So it's, it's, it's a narrow topic. The holiday song's wide open. N- nothing has to be Atlantic City-centric. But we're also going to be talking about the entertainment that has come to Atlantic City uh, over however many years you want to go back. I mean, there have been so many people. You think about when Skinny D'Amato had the 500 Club, and that that was literally the launch of Martin and Lewis. I mean, it's pretty incredible when you think about that. Skinny's actually the one that put them together, and that became a just a iconic, legendary uh, team you take all the steel pier action over all the years in the the george hamid senior and the george hamid junior eras and then of course uh you look at what's happened over more than 40 years the advent of the casino industry i'll, I'll tell you a story right up front and and then we'll get to uh to don who has arrived uh, I'm not going to say out loud for anybody to hear that he is one minute late. Uh, I didn't just say that. Uh, but I vividly recall this would have been back in the late 80s to about 91-ish. 90-ish. Because I'd already left by then uh, to join President Trump. Merv Griffin had an incredible incredible new year's so we're talking not just christmas shows but also new year's eve merv griffin in the coconut then coconut ballroom now it's the ocean ballroom in the coconut ballroom this uh was beamed throughout america it it was one of the big you had dick clark new year's rock and eve and then you had um merv griffin live from resorts casino hotel in atlantic city and it was i mean it was star-studded he always had um, Miss Gabor with him, uh, and there were all kinds of stars all over the place. And it was just a world-class, uh, very well-produced national annual special. That's one example. Let's bring in Brother Don. Well, 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 look who just arrived. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Sorry, I'm a, a, a minute late. No, it's but, uh, I want to wish everybody a happy new year. And yeah. uh, what what a what a fast year this has been. 
fastest ever. But then again, that's I guess what that's whoever they are. That's what they say. Each one goes faster than the one before. Somebody tried to explain it to me once because with each one that passes, less of your life uh, exists. So then it goes faster. I didn't quite understand um, the the, the uh, geometry of that, but uh, I do know I've never ever said that. Oh, this was the longest year ever. Everyone seems to go quicker than the one before it. Yeah, remember remember being kids in school and the the summer vacation seemed so long. And now- well, for me, the, for me, the summer vacation seemed as long as the school year. And of course, yeah, that's it's, it's, that's almost like spatial disorientation. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't even make sense. But it did feel that way. Yeah, it's very strange. I, I don't know that first uh, scenario. If I agree with that, the fact that you get older, I think what happens. I think you just become more aware. You know, you're just more cognizant of time and busier. I think, and you know, that, that always happens. If you're busy, time has a way of going by. See, see if you agree with this statement. And it's for for some people, it's going to be like almost like they want to throw up in their mouth. But I, at, by the end of the summer, I was looking forward to school starting. Yeah, but we had some things going. Harry. We, always had, we had sports. We had, uh, you know, we were looking so forward to the cross-country season, you know, in, in the fall. And then we'd go through the winter and wait for track. You know, April 1st was always that special day, you know, where we could begin organized practices. And so it's... You know, it's we always had those things going. So yeah, we did. We looked forward to it. Yeah. By the way, March March first was uh, track first practice. Only reason I know that. Yeah, yeah. I only know that from you know running and also when I coached at Holy Spirit, volunteer assistant under Dave Pfeiffer. March first was big, very very big day, and whether it was snow outside or whatever, we would run up on the hallways and Atlantic High was built beautifully where you could actually run like a track. Up, up on oh, yeah. any any floor, we would go up to the third floor. Typically, I think it was, and and we would run. Uh, let me um, let me ask you about. I I put out Merv Griffin uh, because that's just it was easy. I was there; it was easy for me to remember, and he did such a great job with it. What is either a Christmas show or a New Year's show, Atlantic City centric, that uh, comes to your mind? I think for me, it, and he, he's like the quintessential Christmas show, and that's Andy Williams. And he always managed to get that show to Atlantic City every year for Christmas, just in time. Oftentimes at Harris, I remember, but also at resorts. And he just did the best. To me, the best Christmas specials there were were Andy Williams. I mean, he was better than him. Look at the songs. Just a couple of Christmas songs he sang. They're, they're going to last forever, Harry. They're going to they're gonna play, you know, 100 years from now. If, let, if, if let me let me put out a question. You can still talk further about that because I'm a big fan, big Andy Williams fan. Is this a is this a true statement? Without Andy Williams, there would have been no Osmond family. Meaning, yeah, and, and actually, and actually, it's Andy Williams' father. So the answer is yes. Uh, the Williams family. His father discovered them in, in uh, Disneyland, as a matter of fact, in California. So it was actually the father, Harry, not Andy himself, who discovered the Osmonds. But Andy's the one. He was the vehicle for the Osmonds. Right. He was always, he was the one that put them on the show all the time. And then you had little Donnie and that cute interview that is so iconic and memorable when he says, who are you? And he says, I'm Donnie, something like that. <laughs> uh, and, well, you know- and that went on to be what a um, what an unconditional, beautiful relationship that continued to be. 
Oh, yeah. And remember, it all started with the four Osmond brothers, Harry, the four singing Osmond brothers who were the first ones born without uh, the hearing handicap that the first two children, because that's what it all started for. If people aren't aware, the Osmonds started singing to raise money to buy hearing aids for their two older brothers who were born deaf. And uh, that started the whole thing, you know, into like a, an empire, if you will. But it all started out of, you know, that kind of, you know, that you talk about family and the need they had, and uh, they wanted their brothers to hear uh, as, as best they could. And so they were doing barbershop quartet, all kinds of things in those days. And they happened to be discovered doing a real quick uh, barbershop quartet in Disneyland. Uh, Andy Williams' father was there and said, you got to, told his son, he called him up and said, you got to see these guys. They're like four miniature men and in perfect unison. And uh, they, they were going to be in my, my group, Harry, the Osmonds, who, who, and again, you know, look at their pedigree, though, affected by Andy Williams and the Williams family. People also forget the Williams brothers, Harry, how great they were. Andy Williams, before he broke out, he had a singing group with his brothers, the Williams brothers, as good as anyone ever in harmonies. So, you know, so the, the Osmonds get, you know, their pedigree is, is obvious. And they do a Christmas show, too, like nobody. They're... It was well in the last recent years. The Osmond brothers haven't been coming to Atlantic City, but for many years brought their Christmas show, either the whole family or parts of the family, or Donnie and Marie. Sometimes just Donnie solo and Marie solo at different times. So depending where they were at, at, at different points in their career. But when you think of Christmas specials and Christmas music, that Osmond's Christmas album. If you don't have it in your collection, get it. The Osmonds Christmas. It's one of the most beautiful Christmas albums ever recorded. Wow. That is that is really good. Now, I know you're a big fan of Donnie and Marie. And for many years, correct me if I'm wrong, because I sometimes have, you know, these things that I think are true. Um, they they brought a Christmas show for a number of years to Atlantic City, correct? Oh, yeah, many years. And uh, more oftentimes individually, though, than together. But they did bring them together uh, several times. But uh, oftentimes they would come within weeks of each other, but you'd have Donnie Osmond Christmas and then Marie Osmond's Christmas. And it's interesting, oftentimes in different uh, properties, you know, different deals that were negotiated. But Marie, and I don't know if this was a Christmas show or if this one was when Donnie got hurt. He jumped off the stage and he hurt himself. Uh, so John Schneider pinched hit, right? Well, that was interesting. It was not a Christmas show, but what happened, uh, and for people that aren't aware, Donnie and Marie had not played together in more than 25 years. And one of the last shows, if not the last show, was in Atlantic City. Uh, and Glenn Lilly had booked uh, them at the Claridge. That is, I think, the last time they ever played together until... And, and I hope he's listening until Don Marandino made it happen. Yeah, he came up with the idea. Don, of course, was was between Caesars and Flamingo, you know, the, their parent company. Uh, and uh, they uh, hadn't played together. And, and Don Marandino came up with this idea and said, hey, listen, you, why don't you guys, we think there's an audience. Why don't you get back together? You haven't played together. I don't even think Don knew it had been 25 years. And so, uh, so credit to Don Marandino because he put them together for what was supposed to be a six, a six week gig at the Flamingo Hotel. 
Hey, by, by the way, let me jump in real quick because I want to make each segment really, really as long as possible and special. Let's get the first break in. We're approaching 17 minutes past the hour. I want to ask a question that I don't think I've ever asked you on the air. Was there a and I'm not looking to make, you know, TMZ or tabloid news or anything, because you know how much I love Donnie and Marie. I, I think they're fantastic. Was there a rift? I mean, what was the reason that they did not perform for a quarter of a century? And then you think about ever since they they um, resumed and I know Warren Bader had them all the time with the Caesars properties and Harris properties. And then, uh, of course, they had the residents uh, because of Don Marandino in Vegas. And they were, I believe, show of the year for many, many years, including, I think, the last year that they did it there when they announced in advance and and I think you'll know the math better than me, but this was supposed to be something like a certain number of week engagement, and it wound up going, I don't even know, was it close to a decade or something crazy? Let's let's drill down on that when we come back. Much more. Oh, and let's hunt this down. Kirk Conover wrote me, did the Ice Capades do a Christmas show? I wrote back to Kirk, I think the answer is yes. There's just something about that, the costumes and something about Christmas that just sounds like I recall it. But let's um, figure out the, the answer to that as well. Much more with Don and yours truly. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you, Sean. 20 minutes past the hour, Don Hurley continues, and we're talking about uh, Christmas songs, and we'll get into some of them, and we've we've jumped right in because I brought up the Merv Griffin annual New Year's show, and now we gave Don the opportunity to talk about a show, you know, that he remembers, and, and then we brought the Osmonds up and so on. So what was the um, the story that they didn't perform for a quarter of a century? And by the way, without Don Marandino, who knows, Would do you think there's a chance that would have been permanent? Oh, yes. I, 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 well, first off, what happened for Donnie Marie never would have happened without Don Marandino. And that's just, and each of them will tell you that themselves. Don doesn't have to brag about it. He did it. He knows it. But uh, without Don Marandino, that I, I don't know that they ever get back together. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying there was any, like, you know, deep acrimony. But I think what happens is, you know, it, it's, it's very important. You know, I think people people want to have their own identity. You know, I think, you know, you and I being twins, I think we can almost feel a bit of that. You know, we've each had our own, you know, careers, you know, you, you got to have your own identity. And even people like us, Harry, that I got, I went to Wawa and got confused for you three times, even though you were on the radio live when I was in Wawa, it was on the radio. And so, you know, so you want to have your own identity, you're your own person. But here's this great duo, though. They had such great chemistry together. And and, and if you ask me the question, I think they're better together than either of them are separate. Yeah, I do, so too. I do, too. And, and, and by the way, not just the singing, the banter between the two of them is hilarious. Oh, it's the whole act. It's tremendous. And, you know, once again, look at their pedigree, Harry. They work with Lucille Ball. Yeah. Uh, everybody in Hollywood, Milton Berle, you know, so. I mean, it's really funny. I, I, you, you got me going now because I've seen them on a number of occasions 
and you have Donnie that puts up when he is when Tom Bergeron says the winner of Dancing with the Stars, Donnie, and I forget who is I should remember who his partner was because I enjoyed the season so much. Uh, they lost me though. I I have Disney Plus, but I just didn't continue when they moved off of ABC to Disney Plus. Uh, but that's another story. And then, of course, like they'll show Marie when she fainted because uh, she had whatever low blood sugar or whatever because uh, she was in great shape. She fainted and they show that. And then she she rips on him and he rips on her. It's hilarious. I think she even said in the one show, hey, at least I didn't tear my ass. You know, I mean, they just they just. Yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah. They just go at it. Yeah, it but, so great together. But in a loving, fun way. Yeah. So I think, you know, so without I think without Don, it, it well, it certainly wouldn't have happened the way it did as big as it did, because they both came back big. I mean, the Osmonds were back, you know, and that's not easy to do in, in this business. You know, so they, they were back, back on top. He was the entertainer of the year solo. He was the entertainer of the year as a duo. Uh, she got vocalist of the year because I'll tell you what, a lot of people don't realize with Maria Osmond, she keeps getting better as, as time goes on. Her voice keeps getting stronger. It just doesn't usually work that way, Harry. It's no. very, it's, it, she is, she is a phenomenon like that. It's true. Yeah. And Donnie has kept his voice too, which, you yeah. know, he's done a lot of singing there. He's, you know what Donnie does that I love? I love when he sings, for example, Puppy Love, because the crowd wants it. And you got to give the, the Osmonds credit. The old show adage, give them what they want. Because you and I both know you go to some of these concerts and they're playing all this stuff you didn't come to hear. You got to give you got to give the customer what they want. So here's Donnie. He'll put the big jumbotron up and it'll be little Donnie with the high falsetto doing puppy love and some of these other songs and then of course he has to do them in another key in a deeper key at this stage of his life because it's just like listen to ronald reagan when he was very young versus that beautiful tonal quality uh when he became president i mean he, he it's just a, a, a just better but anyhow i love that when they do that you get you get a taste of yesteryear and right up to date with the new sort of take on these songs that he does at this stage. I love it. Yeah. Well, you know what's great? I, you know, I've interviewed, and you have too, Harry. We've interviewed Donnie so many times, but I remember in one of the earliest, maybe the first interview I ever did, I, I asked him, you know, he's he's in that rare club, you know, with David Cassidy and Davy Jones and uh, those those teen idols, you know, the, 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 the biggest of them all, the teen idol, you know. Uh, Ricky Nelson, all of them. Ricky Nelson was the first teen idol, of course. And he's as great as anybody. But uh, so I asked him, I said, is that is that the launching pad to sustain a long career in this business? Which he did at that time. We were talking at that time, maybe 25 years, where now it's 50 some years, close to 60 years. But in the first interview I ever did with him, he says, well, he said, look, it's a good start. You know, the teen idol thing is, is good. You know, it, it gets you on the it gets you on the map. But the key to sustaining the career is reinvention, yeah. and that's what he's done all through the years. Well, okay, okay, you got me. Uh, I'm buying what you're selling, and I'm going to tell a quick little story that you'll be able to expand on. People think that just the trajectory is like a rocket shot straight up. All of them, even Sinatra, they all have peaks and valleys where they're on the top, and then when, when it's not going uh, their way. Donnie, his, you talk about reinvention. When he became the artist, the mystery artist, 
because if he would have put out Soldier of Love with um, by Donnie Osmond, I guarantee you that would have been a disaster. So he got stations to play it under the mystery artist. And you tell me if that's what he, what they kind of refer to him as. Uh, and he then just relaunched his career with that. That's very true, because that's when I first got involved with like sort of in it. I want to say an official way with Donny Osmond. When I became one of his steers in New Jersey. I got on his steering committee to try to move some of his music. And um, so he said, look, he says, you know, we can't use my name, he says. And as much as that pains me to say, he says, people are still thinking going coconut. You know, and <laughs> I, I, remember, love that. I love that. You know, I still have the email. It's so funny. He says, people are still thinking going coconuts. Uh, but he says, if they just give the music a chance. And I remember I, I went to someone we know very well here. I went to a program director, and this wasn't uh, Soldier Love, but this was a great song. And I said, it's going to be a hit. It's going to be a top 10 song. I said, Donnie has taken a, a track from George Benson, the, you know, the great uh, jazz instrumentalist, great singer himself, you know, did the, to me the greatest version of The Greatest Love Ever. You know, people think of Whitney Houston's, but listen to George Benson's. It's, it's so beautiful. But um, he uh, wrote a whole song to Breeze in, which was it was called Breeze on By. Uh, and it did become a top 10 like I predicted. And I tried to get a, a friend of ours, Harry. I said, you know, I'll get Donnie. He'll come on with me. We'll do we'll do a whole build up. I said, this is going to be a hit song. And I remember the guy saying, I'm not playing Donnie Osmond's song. Not happening. And uh, sure enough, the thing goes top 10. It's a beautiful song. And then the guy calls me back and says, hey, hey, can we can we get that thing going now? I, I said, that, that ship has sailed, you know. <laughs> but, you know, so imagine the stigma. Here they're famous, but yet, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of, it's like a, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, you know. The Osmonds are famous, but now they're not in vogue. And, but the key was, you just, you've got to stay around long enough to come back. That's the key. You know, you got to stay in the game. You got to keep fighting, keep plugging. And you stay around long enough, and guess what? Tony Bennett was on the Schneid for years. Yep. He came back bigger than ever. You said it, Frank Sinatra. It happens because, you know, who stays on top forever? It just doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Exactly. I love that. I, I, I love it a lot. Let's get the bottom of the hour break in. We're going to come right back strong. And we have the six minutes before Kilmeade as well. Uh, we're, we're in the midst of multitasking as well because we'll begin show prepping right after this for today's Fox Across America. So if you want to check out what we'll be doing uh, from noon to three, that's Eastern. And then uh, tonight, Chris Coleman will have selected two of the three hours of today's program. So if you miss it, obviously you can listen to the podcast. That, that's uploaded quickly. Uh, or check us out right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 tonight between 10 p.m. to 12 midnight. And then finally these marathon couple of weeks that we've had between this show and uh, doing a lot of hits on uh, Fox News nationally uh, will come to a close and we'll send everybody into your New Year's uh, weekend, which we, we just want everyone to have a very safe, happy, healthy New Year's. And we are ready already. Uh, I've already got several shows already show prepped into next week, into the brand new year, because this is a very consequential year, and especially here in the Garden State. Every single legislative seat is up. That's 80 assembly seats, 40 Senate seats, a lot of local action. It's a very, very big year 
uh, here in New Jersey in 2023. And then, of course, all the marbles in 2024. So very consequential times. All right. With Don, we continue this fun discussion. This is Hurley in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we are back 34 minutes past the hour. So we've turned down all the heat. I think it's an appropriate way to end what I think. Obviously, there's been many challenges in 2022, but I think we've had a banner year. Uh, You've been great. You've been great to me. You've been great to the station. You've made WPG Talk Radio 95.5 the number one news talk radio station in South Jersey. And I I do think you know how much we appreciate that, how much it means to us, and, and how much we are committed to remembering to remember to to thank you for that because we, we don't say it. Uh, they're not just meaningless words when I say it's all because of you. Uh, there's no us without you and – uh, it's just been a fantastic run and we've been, we've been so blessed at so many levels. And so I want to turn it down and, and have fun talk. And I just always enjoy when, uh, when the twins can get together and talk a little bit of music, talk a little bit of fun. All right. So let's see, we could talk about the Osmonds and do a whole show on that, but let's, let's keep moving. Oh, sure. I, I want to have you and I, I'll do that another time. I, I want to do something like we get either Donnie or Marie and do an hour together and just talk about a lot of these things because they're they're such good people. Uh, and we'll do that. Uh, we, we, we obviously can make that happen. So let me turn it back to you. Pick another. Oh, uh, see if you can answer Kirk's question. I didn't bother to look it up. Did the Ice Capades have a Christmas show? I'm going to tell you how much I think the answer to that is yes. Um, why am I forgetting her first name? Albert Horner's sister who I knew from Trump Castle, who was in the ice show that we had at Trump Castle. She was in the Ice Capades. And I think I vividly remember uh, a Christmas show with the Ice Capades. Is that is that true? Well, that was Nancy Horner, just to get, to get Co- that out Correct. There. She's correct. great. Yeah. What a great, uh, what a great performer. Yeah, great, by the way, very person. successful in life. Oh, very much so. Yeah, just a terrific, terrific person. Yeah. Very right. accomplished. Yes. And uh, lovely, lovely person, too. But the and I worked with her father. Her father was my uh, my sergeant when I first started my police career. One of the kindest people, and one of the most significant people in my entire police career. Someday we'll talk about that. But I'm eternally grateful to uh, Al Horner. Yeah, and by the way, the son who I think they called Albie sometimes to not mix up the two Al's. Uh, at one point early in his adulthood, uh, and I mean with a broadcast voice blessed by God. I mean. Like, like incredible world-class pipes uh he was an fm dj he's great yeah al yeah. was great he had a tremendous yeah. like you said tremendous voice good oh, guy so i haven't good. seen him in years though i gotta yeah. tell you it's been i can't remember the last time but to get the curse question which i was thinking about during the break uh you know what's so interesting it, well a couple of things first off the answer i think is no uh to it playing in Atlantic City, but yes, they're, they've always had the 12 days of Christmas with ice capades. But here was the interesting thing about Atlantic City. Skating season was in the summertime. It was so interesting. You know, uh, you had, if you remember, you had the ice capades all summer long, and what was better than the Philadelphia Warriors, Harry, with Jim, Jim the King, oh, Judy Arnold, and pretty Judy Arnold, and uh, Little Richard Brown, right? Season. Was it Little, yeah, Richard, Little Richard Brown? Brown. Yeah. 
little Richard Brown. He yeah. skated uh, a long time. He skated, believe it or not, Harry, he skated till just a few years ago. Wow. Incredible. I, I think he was in his 70s. Man, they skating. would put that little helmet on and fly around that rink track or whatever you want to call it, bank track. And, oh, it was it, that was a lot of fun to watch that sport. You know what's funny, too? Every, every story, when we get together like this, I, I really, I, I so enjoy this. But every story brings me to something else, which is, of course, Angelo's Barbershop. And for your listeners, I mean, you think about he had the greatest tickets to every event. Well, certainly in Atlantic City, but beyond, he had... Yeah, he was Ticketmaster before there was Ticketmaster. Exactly. And if you recall, you and I walking all the way from Stenton Place to Virginia Avenue, by the way, which seemed like, you know, forever back then. Yeah. We would walk all the way to Angelo's to get those front row seats to the roller derby, which were just... It was incredible. But yep. Angelo, I know your listeners that have been around long enough will remember Angelo's Barbershop. He had everything. Yeah. It's true. incredible. It's true. But, yeah, they were great times. The uh, Do you remember when I caught that jamming helmet in the air? How oh, that? and and you you thought, just, just, <laughs> let's see if I, if I remember this as vividly as I think I do. For a fleeting moment, you were hoping that you could keep it, but some staff person came right over and said, hey, we got to have that back. Well, you, but what happened, and just to give a little background. I think you hit it under your, under your leg or something for a second. No, I hit it behind my back. That's Here, right. Here's the whole story, though. <laughs> go ahead, go the, ahead. Uh, you know, the, the roller derby, they ran around a bank track. You know, it was elevated. It was really cool. And they did sort of theatrics like pro wrestling. But there was a lot of great, uh, obviously, they're great skaters. But only the person wearing the little, like, you know, skating helmet, uh, could score points and everyone he passed he got a point he passed the opposing team's player you got a point so little richard brown had the helmet on and he gets flipped over the rail the helmet goes flying in the air i catch it and quick throw behind my back you know and this manager came down and said hey kid good catch but you got to get the helmet back <laughs> yes, and uh <laughs> I remember that. hilarious oh that's so good so but they were great what great days i mean you know the things that and once again how lucky were we you know, in Atlantic City, because but how unlucky were we? And I hope he's listening now, because every time I've mentioned him, I have a 100 percent track record, which means he's a faithful listener. Ken Bishop, forever young, forever mortal, immortalized in the movie Kansas City Bomber, which I have in my library with an incredible Raquel Welch uh, and filmed right in Atlantic City. We're coming down the escalator. You and I directly behind ken bishop i mean no one else between us he's in the movie we're not yep and not only is he in the movie he's big as he's i don't even understand it the way they edited it on purpose he's big as life he's like the whole screen in that one shot yeah people can imagine that escalator as you go into convention hall to go up uh, that's the escalator we're talking about. And it, that, that is, that is the fact. We were right behind Ken and, uh, he's in and we're on the cutting room floor. And I, I, by the way, let's see if I, how good is my memory. Was he wearing a Boston Bruins hockey jersey to that or was he wearing regular clothing? Wow. You know, it's funny. I, I just taped it off. 
TCM showed that movie a couple of months ago. I kind of tipped everybody off if you've never seen it. It's it's a great movie. It is a really I good movie. I can't remember what he yeah. was wearing. I bought the DVD because I want to have it. If if I want to watch it, I want to have it. I don't want to take a chance that it's not available or anything like that. Uh, and it's beautiful. beautiful. I think it was digitally remastered. It's a beautiful copy of it. But, you know, you think about this. Uh, Margie and I, over the holidays, we watched a lot of the um, Christmas movies and things. We watched Atlantic City with Burt Lancaster. That movie is such a delight to watch when you see all these things like resorts, casino, hotel, and all these things we all know. Uh, It's funny. It says, welcome to Atlantic City. They put a sign in front of Lucy the Elephant. That's kind of hilarious. You know, so they took a little bit of liberties here and there. They took an, they took a rolling chair all the way down to Longport. That, that looked kind of silly, but it doesn't if you don't, if you're just watching it around most of the country, that just looks like probably, hey, they got that kind of, you know, way of um, travel. But it looks silly when you're used to seeing them only on the boardwalk. But uh, we watch that. And if you go and search, you could do it right on your remote. Atlantic City, you can look up every movie with your voice-activated remote if you're on the Xfinity X1 uh, platform. You can find out all the movies that have Atlantic City references in them, like uh, Matt Damon and uh, Malkovich and uh, Rounders, uh, the, the Rick Santoro, uh, Nicolas Cage. I watched that with Margie over the weekend. I forgot to tell our Rick Santoro. And that's all named after him, by the way. And and he's got a, a credit at the end of the movie. Uh, I, I love how relevant Atlantic City is. Well, this this movie, Atlantic City, I got to tell you, uh, it, it it's a masterpiece of filmmaking. It is. I mean, this guy from France that came to America to make a movie about Atlantic City, he got it. I talk to my buddy Glenn Lilly all the time about this movie because I just absolutely love it. I was around some of it. I'm on the outside when Burt Lancaster and, and Susan Sarandon are in the White House sub shop. So I was all around the filming. I'm not in the movie, but I'm all over this thing. I just loved it. And if, if you recall, it was such a pivotal period in Atlantic City's history when it was being filmed. Atlantic City resorts had just opened, you know, and and you really you saw the decay of Atlantic City yes. all around. Yes, this it, it ends with the wrecking ball. That's true. Yeah, it's like but the phoenix kind of rises yes. from the ashes. But this I'm trying to remember the guy's name, Harry. He I mean, they got Academy Award nominations. I don't think it won anything, but the, the guy that did it. Oh, his name was on the tip of my tongue. Um, well, while you think of that, let me throw out my my reasoning behind this. Sometimes it's better if an outsider does it than if somebody too close to it does it because they're going to get it wrong, whereas the outside person is going to work really hard to get it right. I think that's the reason. Yeah, that's interesting. No, that's interesting because you have your own you know, likes and dislikes, your biases all come in because you're so familiar. Louis Malia, that's the uh, guy. I was just Louis looking Malia, it up. Yep. He, 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 it, Absolutely created a masterpiece. And what's very interesting, just uh, two weeks ago, I found a copy, uh, and it, I was in an antique shop, and it was it's it's wasn't packaged. It was like on a uh, you know DVR, if you will, something you record yourself. But it, it's a um, it, and it was it had the, the writing on it, Atlantic City, USA, oh, is what it said. I love it. And that. it was a new version of this. It was a, it was a new version of this movie. I see it here. I'm looking at so it so many times. And the, by the way, Burt Lancaster and, looks pretty recognizable. Susan Sarandon is kind of a lousy um, uh, 
depiction of her in the uh, jacket of that. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> it does. Like I, I wouldn't know if I didn't know the movie. I wouldn't even know that that's Susan Sarandon in that art. And Lancaster. Yeah. Well, this doesn't look great either, but more recognizable than she is. Well, this had no artwork. This was just a, a copy that I guess someone I don't know they copied it from from something or. But in any event, it had so many scenes that weren't in the movie that was uh, officially released, and it just made a lot more sense. You know, this this longer version is is outstanding. But it, I don't know if it's legitimately available or not. But it's called Atlantic City, USA. Yeah, I got it right as here. Opposed to just the yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Let's so, let, uh, hold on. Let's get the last break, and we'll be right back. Forty six minutes past the hour. Don and yours truly. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, beat the largest timeshare company in federal court and has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide Absolutely free. Call 800-838-1441. That's 800-838-1441. America's kids are at risk. Parents can't control their education. And states are taking over health decisions, even letting children decide their gender. Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax all this holiday week, and he's warning about the dangers to our kids with the woke agenda. Tune in tonight for Rob Schmidt and his series, Kids at Risk. You'll be shocked. This holiday week, check out Newsmax and Rob Schmidt. Make the switch to Newsmax. You won't look back. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you to the great one. It is 49 minutes past the hour, and as always is the case, it just flies by incredibly. Let's bring up a little local flavor here because I know so many people that told me that they were an extra, but they got cut out. They 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 are in the movie. I mean, all kinds of different stories. This is so fresh in my mind because Margie and I just watched it uh, this past weekend, and there is an amazing local who we all, I think, many of us know and love. And we were just talking to George Winberg the third, his father, George Winberg the second is in the movie, Don, and I know you're well aware of that. And I couldn't remember oh, yeah. if he was in the knife and fork scene with Burt Lancaster and Susan Sarandon when she asks him, "Teach? can you teach me things? She wants to, you know, she wants to be able to, try, you know, leave the country and go somewhere and deal in some exotic area. So she's asking Burt Lancaster to teach her things. Uh, George Wimberg II is in the scene the whole time so for like five minutes and if you remember george wimberg was a model he did modeling if i'm not mistaken very handsome man very elegant and would be perfect to be in the background who's the lispy guy that is the waiter he's funny he's the waiter uh in that scene but there are a lot of local people george actually mentioned and i'm speaking now about george the third george's son that his grandmother is an extra walking in the background in two scenes. A lot of locals were in that movie. 
Uh, there were so many great scenes, Harry, and, and George's father was certainly one of them because that lunch was so great. That that little waiter, he's the guy, if you remember, in uh, – uh, remember the vacation movies with Chevy Chase? Of course. And he went to Vegas. Yeah. And he, he's getting clobbered on the tables. That guy was the dealer that kept beating him in different ways. It was hysterically Yeah, fun. that guy is a hilarious, funny actor. He, great character. He's yeah. like a throwback to when you had great character actors. That guy, and I couldn't tell you his name, but he's unforgettable, you know, his, his uh, presence. All right, so let's say this. There's Rounders, there's Snake Eyes, there's all these different movies, a lot of movies that make references to Atlantic City. Is it just Captain Obvious to say that this particular 1981 movie, which was one of Burt Lancaster's last movies ever, Atlantic City is the greatest movie about Atlantic City ever made? Oh, I think so. I think, you know, for a lot of reasons we talked about already, also the uh, the, the timing of it, the error, the fact casinos were just happening, Atlantic City was about to explode, all this great footage, you know, we would never have were it not for that movie. Um, you know, the uh, legendary actor, it began, in fact, that, that I think was Susan Sarandon's first movie. Yes. Um, and she was involved with one of the creators in the movie, which, you know, put her in, in position to get that role. But uh, Burt Lancaster being the legend that he is, you know, uh, but there, there were so many great things about it. And, and, and not just if you're a local in Atlantic City, it's a great story. Yeah, you know, the, I love the it. The whole thing is just the throwback to the gangster era, you know, the... Uh, I remember the scene, Harry, talking about locals that were in there. Bobby, Bobby Pomaro and uh, Paula Jane D'Amato are in resorts, and Judge, uh, uh, Cons- uh, Judge Consabo is uh, playing a security guard. I don't know how that happened, but it, it's definitely him. It, it, the judge is playing a, a security guard. He's in a resort's security uniform, and Susan Sarandon gets to smack one of those gangsters in the face. Oh, it was so great when, when she up. does that. It was fantastic. A couple times, actually. And he, when, when they had the scene later, he didn't forget about that. Is the police officer that you see bigger than life, is that really an Atlantic City police officer or is that someone just in an Atlantic City police uniform? No, no, he's real. It's, it's Bill McKnight. If you notice, he doesn't speak. I think no. there's something about. But he's very visible, he, though. Prominently visible. Oh, yeah, very, very visible. I mean, you had Chief Allman. Now he well, did- you, know, you just you just stole from me. I got I got to take it from here. Because I swear I was going to go to that before I mentioned the other thing. Chief Amon is fantastic. I love him. I forget the woman reporter's name, but if it's Jennifer, Jennifer, please. I, I just, I love, I love, and the eyes as he's walking off. I love what he did in that movie. Oh, yeah, and he's flanked by real. I'm trying to remember, Newderman was one of them, one of our captains. Uh, he's flanked by real Atlantic City police officers. All the, all the police were real. Uh, that are in that movie. Uh, but I think Chief Allman's the only one that got a speaking role. I don't know how they did that because I'm, I, I, I think you have to have a SAG card. I mean, you know, because <laughs> anybody can walk on, but, you know, he actually spoke and it was just tremendous. You know, the press did a, a mock up newspaper. Yes. It was a big front page with, yeah. when, when Bert uh, Lancaster uh, did the hit on the mobsters. <laughs> and so that was made up like a fake, a fake, like real newspaper. It was perfect. It was just, yeah, it, it, it's not just sentimentally, but, it, it's a great film. It's a, I, I really I talk to Glenn all the time about it. It's a, a masterpiece in filmmaking. You know. All right, so let, let's do this. Final eleven minutes. Let's go back to where we back to the future. What's the best Christmas or New Year's Eve show that you can recall in Atlantic City history? Well, I mean, 
you know, for me, it's Andy Williams because I just think nobody did Christmas like him. You know, he went on to do it for, you know, 70 years, and, and he really is the one that brought Branson. Uh, you know, Branson, Missouri was a country town, and Andy Williams opened up a theater there, you know, and, and changed everything. He, he wasn't the first, but he was the one that really put it over. And by then, you know, Tony, our, our great friend Tony Orlando and all these guys, the Osmonds themselves, everyone had a theater in Branson. So for me, the, the Christmas special is Andy Williams. That, that's, that's my pick. Are there some other uh, Christmas specials? Or I shouldn't say Christmas specials, Christmas shows. And sometimes they would be around for a good week or, you know, something even maybe a little bit longer even or between, you know, right before Christmas all the way through to right before New Year's, perhaps. Are there any other shows that come to your mind? Obviously, Donnie and Marie, we covered because I thought they had a great Christmas show. Well, yeah, I, I, I think this is this is worthy. I just talked to him uh, uh, on Christmas. Alan Edwards had a Christmas show for at least a couple of years at resorts, didn't he? Great. Absolutely. Yes, he did. And he's still doing it. He hasn't been in Atlantic City in a couple of years, but he's, he's as good as anybody out there. He is, uh, there's a guy who was anointed by a man named Bill Dees who discovered Roy Orbison and said Alan Edwards had the goods and he was right. Uh, does one of the best Christmas shows out there. Uh, we gotta, I go, I always talk to the people at resorts. We gotta bring him back. He's just, he, not just at Christmas time, but Anytime he plays, he comes in for a month, Harry, he does shows. He entertains people for, you know, four weeks. Uh, policeman turned singer. That's correct. The chief, in fact, he was a policeman in, in uh, Dallas, Texas. And the chief said, you're a really good cop, but you're a great singer. You should be a singer. Even the chief supported him being a singer because he was so great. And, and by and, the way, on top of that, he's also a beautiful person. Yeah. And, and and a scratch golfer, by the way, Harry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. can play with anybody out there. He's just a remarkably good man, just a beautiful person. You ever just – I hit it off with him immediately. The first time I met him, I knew we were going to be friends. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. He's very likable. You know, you, you meet, he's genuine. Yeah, you meet someone, he just yeah. – yeah, just instantly. But, you know, these Christmas shows, you know, we – besides the ones that are legendary, you know, Perry Como, for instance. I mean, I went to his Christmas show several times. You know, some of the greatest singers in history. Rosemary Clooney, uh, she's singing with the best of them. In fact, we saw her last show she ever did, Harry, with our great friend Tom Canton. That is true. And by the way, let's not leave him out. You mentioned him for another reason uh, about his showroom in Branson, Missouri. But uh, Tony Orlando, for many, many years, whether it's in Vegas, whether it was Atlantic City at resorts, whether it was Atlantic City at Borgata, didn't he regularly have a New Year's type show? Well, no Christmas show too. Christmas show, did, yeah, does one of the great, yeah, great Christmas shows. He did, he did do it again this year, but it did not come to Atlantic City this year. But it did, I went last year. He did it with Johnny Patillo, and who was the female singer? Well, I tell you, my my really great friends, Michelle Pardo and Anthony Woods, they're the Cor- bittersweet correct. duo, correct. and they've been playing with Tony Orlando the last couple of years. In fact, Tony discovered them. They were singing at Joey M's Club in Wildwood, and fell in love with them. How can't you? That they're just. Anthony and Michelle are such beautiful people. And in fact, they'll be playing very soon. They'll be playing regular gigs at the, uh, oh man, what's the restaurant right near LB1, a really great Italian restaurant there, uh, Touch of Italy. There you go. They'll be regularly playing there uh, for the next six weeks. So, uh, but you know, I was thinking about the great Christmas shows, but you know, Gary Puckett, he does a Christmas show. 
It's as enjoyable a show as you'll ever see anywhere. Gary Puckett, who is now 80 years old, by the way, and looks like he's in his 50s, uh, still singing great. Uh, but I always found, Harry, we, we were so lucky in Atlantic City that all the stars could do a Christmas show. You know, um, I'm trying to think, you know. Uh, hey, wait a minute. I got one for you. And we were there. Um, Mickey and Jan Rooney, for at least a couple of years, did a Christmas show. It was great, too, because they always involve local talent. Yep. And, I mean, here's a legend, Mickey Rooney himself. He was then close to 90 years old, I think, yeah. you know, still still singing, still performing. And um, but that's where we were so lucky. You know, once again, we grew up with the Steel Pier. Then the casino era rolls right into the, you know, the end of Steel Pier and keeps going. So uh, but, yeah, everybody. I mean, you know, Frankie Valley would do a Christmas show. The Beach Boys famous they in fact they did a christmas show here they kicked off the christmas season in atlantic city as a matter of fact and even if they don't do christmas shows per se they do christmas albums didn't uh, oh, yeah, for example true, yeah. our our favorite well i shouldn't say ours if it's not yours but I, like i always say beatles are close but chicago is my favorite group of all time are they your favorite group well they're right there harry i mean you know they're they're always you know in my top three i always have you know, America, the Beatles, and Chicago, ABC. Yeah, mine is Chicago, Beatles, America. So I would be, what would that make me? C, B, A. Uh, ABC is easier to remember. Uh, but Chicago did uh, an amazing Christmas album. Yeah, in fact, they've done several. They've done uh, three of them. They're really great. Each one is, just, you know, and they're really growing. I'll tell you, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Neil Donnell fan. I'm just talking to... Herb Settle, a really good friend of mine. We worked together for many years. He's a great uh, heating and air conditioning specialist, but we had a little heating trouble yesterday, which Herb took care of. But the. Uh, the hey, by the way, uh, for those who don't know, he made the article that we did on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. I only put his first name, I didn't put his last name. You know, we protected the innocent. He has some of the finest Christmas decorations of 2022 anywhere. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, very oh, talented. He is fantastic. This guy is hugely talented. American veteran, became policeman, uh, sergeant in Vatner, and, you know, did his whole uh, mechanical engineering all throughout, you know, his, his career, too. But uh, as good as they get, I mean, we had no heat, and it's beautiful, you know. By the way, I have a lot of messages here that I haven't had a chance to get back to folks. Warren Bader, obviously, that has worked with all of the legends, including Donnie and Marie. He is uh, giving a thumbs up on today's program, and uh, he certainly knows them so well. Margie threw me a lifeline. That waiter character from Atlantic City that is serving at the Knife and Fork Inn, Burt Lancaster and Susan Sarandon, his real name is Wallace Shawn, which I would never have remembered. But I know his face and his voice <laughs> unmistakably. Uh, there are people like that. They're very famous if you know, you know, to look at them. But like, I'll never remember his name. Uh, let's see. Uh, three minutes. Uh, closing comment. Well, hey, you mentioned Warren Bader. Nobody better in the business than Warren. He's, Correct. He's seen it all, done it all. Uh, I mean, he's just the guy is just the aces. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Harry, it just, it's so great. I was thinking, you know, that this sort of went in its own direction, this conversation we've had. But, you know, one of these days, maybe we'll do it early in the new year. We'll talk about there's great New Year's music. There are a, a number of great songs 
just for New Year's, you know, not just what are you doing New Year's Eve, but Happy New Year by ABBA. There's so many great songs. Richard Isn't, isn't there a song, a famous song, like A Minute to Midnight or something like that? Something like similar to that? Say that again, Harry? What's a, that? a Minute to Midnight or something like that? I'm not sure. I'm something, not sure on Something that one, like but, that, uh, yeah. But Richard Marx has a beautiful one out. He just wrote about two years ago. It could become, it could become like a standard. It's it, uh, Happy New Year, my old friend. But there, there's so many great New Year songs. You know, you always think of Christmas songs, but um, I like those kind of things. You know, looking to the New Year, what's what's about to happen, and you know, things to look forward to. Without a doubt, anybody that we uh, didn't do justice to, any Atlantic City type Christmas or New Year's shows that we didn't cover, I'm sure there's a lot. Well, there'd be many. I mean, I'm, in just the, the short moment we have, I'm not sure. And isn't isn't the, the reality day, also, some of them are billed flat out the Christmas show and this and that. But if you have entertainment booked at that time, invariably they're playing Christmas songs. Well, yeah. And you know what the best way for me was? B.J. Thomas, my good my good buddy. Miss him. He just one of the greatest ever in the business in life. But he would do a Christmas show. But, you know, he gave his greatest hits, too. You know, yeah. so they they... Wouldn't just keep it, you know, uh, Donny Osmond, the same Marie would do her hits. Uh, and she got a lot of hits now. I remember there was years when she only had one hit, Harry, and they would, uh, Donny would rib her and he would say, uh, well, look, you know, we did a medley of my hits. Let's, let's do a medley of your hit now. <laughs> They're so good with each other. I know it's hilarious, oh, yeah. but she's got it. She's got a ton of hits now. That was I me. Mean, she went. She, you know, I know we're running up against the clock, but Marie Osmond, if you do the history, she really did cross country over. I think she's the one, you know, when. Oh, so you think she's patient zero? She's the one that and, and what was it? Uh, Meet me in Montana and some of that where she crossed over uh, country into 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 pop. Uh, by the way, another great entertainment uh, giant. Uh, my very, very good friend, the great Bill Schmall is eavesdropping on the program this morning and has given us. A good housekeeping seal of approval. 20 seconds, Don. Closing comment. Well, Bill, Bill Schmall, the legend, for sure. Yep. He, he can do anything in entertainment. Uh, it was great, Harry. I want to wish everybody the best new year. All good wishes to everyone. And I really enjoyed this conversation we had today, Harry. Thank you very much. Thank you, Don. You're always, you always bring it and you always deliver the goods. Uh, Don P. Hurley uh, on New Year's Eve Eve. Uh, I want to thank you for a great 2022. I'm going to be around. Obviously, we're going to be on tonight from 10 to 12. Uh, we're not going to leave you on the digital platform of WPG Talk Radio 95.5, so stay close there. Uh, and I'm coming back strong in just a couple of hours, noon to 3, Fox across America, all over the country. And uh, you can catch two hours of it tonight, as I mentioned, from 10 p.m. to 12 midnight. I'm not sure which two of the three. 